0: This podcast is recorded in front of an unwitting audience. This is True Crime Kent.
1: Day in, day out, we all try our best. To make the most of it. But it. It's hard. Depending on what it is. We all may be on this planet together. Hurtling through infinite space with no idea where we're headed. And only the slightest understanding of where we've been. But in no way is this common ground that we share. Everyone has a different circumstance. And we're each a slave to our own genetic makeup. Our... Familial influence Our personal level of incompetence even The speed of life depends on how enjoyable it is Sure, life seems short when it's easy, when it's fun, when it's bountiful But life is long for those of us that feel stuck, unfulfilled Doomed to slog this existence out while doing things we don't want to do Interacting with people we would never choose to be around serving a menial purpose while working for minuscule pay, then heading home to a mediocre lifestyle that will never improve with our deteriorating mental health and paycheck-to-paycheck motor that stalls constantly, building momentum every other Friday only to burn out that same Sunday, where after we cruise like hobos on a raft in fetid waters for a fortnight before doing it all again, it's not the way we were supposed to be. It's subhuman. But the company gives them a name tag, a uniform, and they ask them to smile, so they do because they want to get paid, need to get paid. And the clock ticks slowly by, and their minds deaden to match the monotony, and before long, they're ready to move on to something slightly better, but equally mind numbing, equally mundane to that. First task, just a little more pay, which means a lot more responsibility. And now the job is their identity. Now their co workers are their family. Now they don't know any better, and the sun gets a little brighter, a little warmer. And they've been conditioned to think that, hey, this ain't so bad, that, hey, maybe I'll get a mortgage. Maybe. I'll lock into a payment plan here and there and, oh yeah, I think I could do some overtime this weekend. And Oh yeah, sure, oh, yeah, definitely, I'll work a double on Tuesday, God, I need the money. And the pain of being integrated into a system slowly dissipates as they become it. Well, some of them, some of them snap and steal an airplane.
2: Reporting has initiated.
3: All right, we are back, and we just got brought in with the silky, seductive voice of Jack Luna. How you doing,
0: op? I'm doing pretty well.
3: I'm how are how how, have, how are things been lately since we since this is our first episode without without an intro? We're gonna have to figure out what to do from here. I don't know what to do with my hands. So so how have you been?
0: I've been pretty. Can I tell you something? I'm working. So yes. Uh, so we're opening the store again, right? And so I've been working on the store. Uh, um, I have two, two great buddies and you guys that, uh, you know, don't murder me or send anyone to hit me and me. So that's good. Did you say we have two great bodies, Th- two great buddies, you, I heard bodies. Well, that too. I mean, you guys are Adonises, Adonai, when there's multiple Adonises, is it Adonai, Adonis? I'm more of
3: a, more of a f- f- fat Adonis. <laughs>
0: You're like the before model Adonis. Yes, yes. Hey. Like the 2021 20, 20, version of Adonis. Hey, I've got the fun fact. I'll start. I'll start this show with the fun fact to know and share. Ah, uh, okay. Hey, hey, Kent. Do you what? Do you know what they call the kind of shirt you're wearing?
3: Uh it's not technically a waft beater because a waft beater came comes comes cut at at the shoulders pre cut for maximum uh maximum I guess flexibility for getting like an overhand rot.
0: Best wife beating and swing.
3: Yeah. Yeah it's it's to keep you non restricted for domestic abuse. Yeah it also comes I had in to the three cut pack. this to oh. the
0: domestic abuse standards. Okay. All right. So that, that restrains you a little bit, gives you that when people see you yeah, they're you like You don't ever want to go full force. No. So when people see you, they're like, you know, if that guy beats his wife, he shows some restraint. That's what you're. He, he what only
3: goes sixty percent. Okay, that fellow. Um, also, because I'm classy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and that, I'm sure that's very socially acceptable down there. Is that's that's the upper crust of what what color would you say you are color wise? White collar, blue collar, brown collar. No, I'm a white guy. White, white, white guy. Right. Oh, collar! You said collar. Yeah,
3: I thought you said color. Cool. Color. What color? I'm a. So I would say that I am. I am a very, very. I was raised in a blue-collar family, and I've been blue-collar
0: my entire life. Mm. That's good. I don't think I even have a collared shirt. I just work in a box. But back to my fun fact to know and share. Would you also go as far as to say that the shirt you're wearing is a tank top? You know. Um I would I would say that. Yeah, it's in the tank top yes. family, the genus tank top eye. It's definitely a uh, It's definitely in that in that category, in that family. Yes, yes. tank top eye, apparelisus, I believe is the Latin genus. Um
3: It's like everything in this state,
0: this is closely related to everything cl- everything else <laughs> I get it you're you're talking about people having sex with their family uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah good job you got it hey um, so do you know where we got the name tank top uh, I do not no okay I, I don't well it comes from the 20s when and it was referring to what at the time was a new kind of bathing suit with, which, which was a one piece bathing suit that uh that would be worn uh swimming suit bathing suit and um here's a funny thing back then there weren't as many pools like in-ground pools as there were places to swim in tanks so these like tanks of water so you either swam in the tank or you swam in uh like the ocean or, or the beach and so these swimsuits were or a creek. Yeah, that too. Yeah. If And, and you, you know there's
3: and you know, I don't know if this is common there, but here my grandma, grandpa would always say, "Don't go swimming during the dog days." During the dog days. Mm. You don't go swimming during the dog days. And that's the hottest part of the summer. Yeah. And I guess that because you can if you if you swim in stagnant water, which is we swam in creeks a lot when I was growing up with water that wasn't really moving a whole lot yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And if you start swimming I always heard if you swim in these places in this stagnant kind of water when it's really hot if you if you if you urinate if you urinate mm-hmm. while while you're in the water parasites can crawl up your your urethra mm-hmm. because of the dog because of the hot weather and the bacteria
0: and stuff That's so. crazy. Yeah. I also heard don't swim in ex- that we shouldn't have our children swim in extremely hot weather because they feel like they're they're in water obviously cuz they are but that they could they can get sunstroke or or dehydrate or heat stroke even though they're in the water i was like wow, that's weird cuz your body couldn't dehydrate even though you're swimming around yeah in the water i mean that's a very physical activity it's a full body activity it is yeah so um tank tops we got from the 20s when these new one-piece bathing suits came out where people would wear them to swim in you know down at the tank hey you want to go swim at the tank so tank tops that was a that's where we got it
3: and that's ironic because this is also it's ironic that that's where this came from because this is also even in 2021 the same kind of shirt that you would see a fat guy wearing at a, at a, at a public swimming pool because he doesn't want his tits
0: to be visible yes every. so it's kind of ironic it is ironic. Also, I guess I should clarify when I said the 20s, there's probably a good swath of people out there like, you mean the 2020s operator? No, I don't. I mean the 1920s. I forget yeah, I'm sure
3: that was yeah, I bet, I bet that's what I'm sure a lot of people were, were thinking
0: that. Uh, that was going through a lot of months. Yep, one more thing. Do you know yep. do you know what doesn't have tank tops? Flamingos, the store oh <laughs> what wonder that would be
3: perfect t c k merch you're right when i i that i think a law
0: feeder yeah with t c k on it i will put and them I, in. this is just coming to me no it it will i i'll i'll put them in i was going through my resources and covid has like as far as like Warehouses and distributors vendors where you buy blank t-shirts and stuff they've been just hammered because of like shipping problems because of covid and china and then like everyone that was at home was like oh i'll just start a little business and so they've the world has consumed all of what i would normally be able to buy in bulk and it's so hard to get stuff but i'll find some tank tops and put them on there Well, everybody's, you know, getting
3: these stimulus checks and unemployed. I mean, everybody's just got a lot of disposable income right now. Everybody's,
0: you know, and we're just, I saw a guy walking the tiger the other day. That. And. That is, that is weird. Hey, did you know that there's a place up here where I live that actually grew and raised ligers?
3: I, th- I thought ligers were mythical creatures from Napoleon Dynamite. I didn't even know that was a real a real thing.
0: No, and actually, that's why he talks about ligers is because they're they're from near where he lived. And yes, there's a place up here that grew them and raised them, and they all escaped one time. And the hunters had to hunt them down and kill them. That's. That's a that's a good time. Yeah, I guess. So what are we talking? I mean, about? how many people have got to hunt loggers? Yeah, really. I mean, one day you're like just eating chips, that's... and the next day they call you up and you're like, "Hey, hunter, could you shoot a liger?" And I was would... like
3: getting a permit for a unicorn.
0: Yeah, yeah. I got my hunting license yesterday. What are you gonna be hunting up? Well, I get I get this one thing called the Sportsman Package, and what it is is it's a whole bunch of tags for different animals just just to have when I'm out. Um, I don't know that this will go over well, actually. So I think I'll keep quiet. What?
3: Oh, okay. <laughs> That's probably I kind of what I was thinking. I was listening. <laughs> I could hear the listener base shrinking. Um, it was audible.
0: I could just I could just shoot kitty cats.
3: No, yeah, we'll
0: cut that. <laughs> so you're doing good. you're doing good. Yeah, I'm pretty good. I've had a good weekend yeah, trying to maintain ketosis. Actually, I'm not. I, I really should, but I don't even know how, how to do it. so I'm... well, I'm trying to, you know,
3: how are on you? my week? do what? How are you? I mean, I'm good. I'm trying to get my life back together in terms of my physical, my my Adonis. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get back to Adonis. I'm trying to get back to, you know, 2013 model yes. of Kent. okay. And that, that requires running. And I get my running done early in the morning. We're talking, I'll get up at, you know, four thirty, four thirty in the morning and go on a run. Because nobody's out and I can enjoy it, right? That's terrible. Well... A couple days ago I'm running and it's beautiful out. The the birds are chirping. It's early morning. We're talking like five fifteen. Mm. I'm minding my own business, like I'm, I'm clearing my mind. I'm in a I'm in a beautiful headspace and it's just me and Mother Earth and you know the clippity cloppity clippity cloppity of, of my Adidas on the cement, you know, just Yeah. Yeah. I... And there's something beautiful about that in the morning when there's a little sweat upon thy brow. Yes. And the birds are chirping. It's not light outside yet. It's still dark. It's quiet. Because I live in, I live almost on a college campus, right? Mm. In the middle of a city. And I'm a farm boy. I grew up on a farm. So I really value these moments of silence. Yes. In in the city. Yeah. So I'm running and I'm thinking, wow, this really is beautiful. What a what a beautiful morning. The birds are chirping and it's just me and my Adidas and I'm doing something good for my heart. And everything is right with the world. And about that time I'm having these thoughts. About that time. Uh, a vehicle a vehicle pulls by me and I'm assuming it was full of a bunch of frat boys and for no reason whatsoever and I, I don't feel like I deserve this they just they drive by and, and all this beauty is broken by Faggot oh really? <laughs> yeah Jeez. and I was offended I was like first off who have you been talking to? like I yeah, don't know
0: right you keep that that's just a rumor quiet. yeah I was gonna say those picks haven't made it around that much. But, <laughs> but
3: it was just that I just feel like that was unnecessary, I do not I don't I don't feel like I deserve that. And and I'll tell you this, I don't I don't like to use that word. You know, I'll use it in the context of telling a story right now, but but I feel like if you are gonna use the word, it shouldn't be before noon. That is uh after after 12 o'clock word yeah i agree with that you shouldn't be using that word bef- especially not before it's even light outside
0: yeah my my thought on words is a if you think there are words that some people can say but other people can't you're silly that's dumb that's stupid sorry i think i think if if society sees a word as bad in society sees a word as bad now here you know, like we have the F word on other continents, in other languages, that word means other things. So, you know, there you go. That's fine. But I don't like it when society tries to tell me what I can or can't say or gives liberty or, or you know, liberty to somebody else to use a word that I can I don't like it. You know, where, you know where that came to a head for me? I was like, this is the ultimate example of why it's annoying to me is I don't know if you remember, but... uh barack obama gave a presidential address one time he used the n-word in the presidential address that's pretty gangster i was like see that's what i'm talking about <laughs> is that's the ultimate i can say this and you can't is if the president of the united states can do it and i can't that that tells that i don't know to me i'm like no are you sure there wasn't a bundle of sticks near you uh, I mean, I was like really just focused on my running and my and my
3: and my shoes on the on the cement. I wasn't paying attention to my surroundings, which maybe I should have been because there could have been a could have been a rapist crouched down in the bushes, ready to hit me over the head with a pop and drag my my uh, unconscious corpse into the into the
0: foliage and yes. have his way with me. Yeah. Oh. One can only hope. So do you know oh, that boy. a bundle of sticks is called a faggot?
3: Yes. Okay. Yes, I, I do know that was the original the original meaning of that.
0: And you're sure they weren't asking you for a cigarette? They, I don't think I don't think
3: they were asking me for it seemed it felt it felt uh
0: felt like there was some malice behind mm, it. Okay. Well, it's it's hard to get angry at a bundle of sticks and I don't know many people that smoke that uh you know that uh That that get mad. Actually, I know more people that, like, when I lived in Denver, I used to do sketching downtown Denver at different monuments and stuff. And I remember this happened so often. It was weird. But people would always come up and be like, hey, you got a cigarette? And I'd be like, nah, I don't smoke. And they're like, all right, good job. All right, all right. And they'd walk away. Or they'd say, hey, you got pot? You got any pot? And I'm like, nah, I don't do pot. And they're like, all right, yeah, all right. It was like they were proud of me for not doing that. And so after, Good for you, guy. Yeah. After a while, I just started going down not to sketch, but just on the calendar, it said, go downtown for compliments.
3: Just to feel good about yourself yeah. for not selling drugs.
0: Yeah. So I would try to look like I smoked, which obviously that means I wore the smoking jacket downtown. But then when they'd ask me, hey, could I bum bum a fag off of you? I'd say, no, sir, I do not smoke. And they would be like, tippity to Mr. Canoe to you, too. And I'd be like... They say that a lot, huh? Yep, and I would tip my hat and say, Toledo. (laughs) You know.
3: Okay, well.
0: I'm going to have to give a little bit
3: of pushback about the words. Um, I, I do think that there are... I think that it's okay to use... Certain words that may be deemed um, unacceptable in today's society, if you're talking about them in a conversational format, yes, like I was just talking about them, yes. But I do not think that it's okay to throw around willy nilly. Uh, I don't think white people should be throwing the the n bomb around willy nilly, and we shouldn't be throwing the the word that I just said multiple times, and you have also said uh, willy nilly. But I don't see a problem with it. In a conversational format, how are we supposed to have conversations if we can't say it's not Voldemort from Harry? Right. Like, nobody's going to get struck by lightning. You know what I mean?
0: No, so. I, I agree. A, conversational, if, especially if you're tr- the re- you're recounting somebody else's quote, quoting somebody else. Also, I, I'm I. The, some of those words were used on a very daily basis. In, in our history. And so, you know, I don't like the idea of banning or limiting uh, literature that was written about that time or during that time, uh, just because it has that in there and, and we've evolved to, you know, not use those words anymore. That, you know, most of the Bible would go away <laughs> if we were only sticking to words we use today. <laughs> right, but, right. But no, I guess what I mean is like, uh, Here's the thing, here's the thing. Uh I don't like I'll just say I don't like it that that that, that people are like, well, black people sh- can use the n-word and but white people can't. I'm like, no, I d- I don't think it's a good word. I I it's got a bad connotation, it's got bad history. And I, and I I I understand that like the broad statement is we've taken this word back kind of thing, you know, and that it's uh it's uh You know, a term of endearment between friends and whatever. But but here's the thing: is if I went on a call, if I came to your college campus where you live, and I went on the campus and I I followed black professors around all day long. Do you know how many times I'd hear him use the N word? Probably none. None. I think it's because it it, it's it's sort of like uh, I don't know if you know that if you if you're aware of this, but most people even the people that are the most foul-mouthed people we know they they have an ability to to censor their language in certain circumstances like just cuz a guy uses the f-word to connect any other two words together on the construction site when he's at his grandma's house he doesn't do that you know
3: i'm uh, exhibit a
0: there you go right here there you go to each his own i'm just saying i i i think that's kind of a
3: Nah, nah. Well, this is a this is a fun conversation. I I really enjoy. I think we should get all of all of the the landmine stuff out of the way first. Yeah, uh, and just tap dance all over it. I, if it, I think that's the best way to hold on to listeners. If if it
0: were me, this wouldn't even be a landmine. It'd just be like, like here's the thing, like no one would get I don't think anyone should get mad at me because I say the n-word is just a not good word I mean you know I that seems funny (laughs) you know the only thing I don't like whenever
3: I say n-word or I say f-word yeah and when I say f-word I don't mean fuck I mean the other one that I used a minute ago I just feel like a child yeah I I feel like a little like a little kid it seems so
0: ridiculous yeah I think that's that's my point. Is uh, you know, and I, I know that there's whole portions of our society where they they use these words, you know, just as part of their daily conversation, and it's not going to change. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that. Well, person, while we're that, tap dancing on
3: landmines here, yeah, uh, we're going to be doing today. We're going to be doing Richard Russell, Ooh. Richard Bebo Russell. That's who we're doing. And if you haven't heard this story, it's a it's a real doozy. And since we're tap dancing on landmines here, I'll go ahead and get out. Uh, there's very there's going to be very little pandering. Uh, this episode because there's this this episode was up until uh, we kind of went off the cuff there and started talking about uh, the f bomb and the n bomb. Yes, yeah, sorry, uh, was relatively that. landmine free. Mm. So we would have been okay. Um, if you can you can cut all of that if you want. Ken. I'm not going to cut it. But aside from suicide, aside from suicide, we didn't have to do any pandering. To anybody, this this does have suicide in it. I have an abortion and, joke. Well, let's cover that. But first, I want to get the pandering out of the way. Okay. If you if you are trying to kill yourself right now while you're listening to this, or if you're thinking about killing yourself, um, uh, just don't do that and pick up and call and call something.
0: Please find okay. One what's of your joke? Lo- lo- please find one of your local resources or check out our website for more information.
3: Yeah, all that stuff that they say on it okay, they don't really so. mean on other podcasts. Yeah. Um, to cover their ass, so call somebody. Just pick up the phone and call a random number and let them know what you're thinking. Yeah, roll people. the dice, make it fun. You might get somebody that doesn't give a shit. Yeah, exactly. And they'll tell you to they'll tell you to go ahead with it. That's
0: the fun. That's the fun of it. Um. So I'll tell you the word. I'll tell you the joke, and then I'll let you decide whether or not to delete it. Um. But what I think would be fun is if you leave it in, you leave it in. But if you cut it, the only thing you cut is the punchline. <laughs> okay. So we'll leave okay. people wondering what I said. That could okay. be fun too. Um I have another word another term for abortion. Okay, hit me with it. Parts and labor.
3: That wasn't that bad op. Come on now. <laughs> Now, I'm going to hit you with one that I am going to cut, so. Hey, Op. Uh, yeah. What sound does a b make when you b in them
0: Oof. I don't know.
3: Now, I don't either i <laughs> So
0: a offensive. <coughs> oh man the number of i don't my head's just spinning with hymns. it's just hemming <laughs> oh my goodness oh wow that was terrible
3: hey op yeah yeah i told you uh so so we're dealing with some thievery in this episode and i wanted to ask you do you have anything at any point in your life have have you come up, come across a comical story that where you got caught stealing, or you know somebody that got caught stealing, or uh, a theft-related story?
0: Yes, actually, I got fired from Hewlett Packard as an engineer for hacking.
3: Okay, some some very very white-collar crime here. This is very white guy kind of. Yeah,
0: you want me to tell you how it went?
3: I would love to. Yes. Uh,
0: okay. So I worked in this i worked in the as an engineer in the department where we did like the really big printers, like the wide format printers right and one of the things that that department did is it took phone calls on customers that owned these big printers, and they'd be like, "How do I do this? Why is this happening you know so it's kind of a call center of sorts. Ah, oh, you were one of those guys oh yeah for uh for the really big so the only people that would call us would be like big print shops and stuff like that, though. Um, Well, one of the problems that we always had was they would always call us because Photoshop was always updating itself, right? Every month, there's a new version of Photoshop, and with every version of Photoshop, it would screw our printers up, so... You know, the store calls us and they're like, hey, I'm trying to print this guy's banners and my cyan's not coming out true. You know, and so uh, we were constantly trying to figure this out. The problem we had, though, was HP is cheap and all of the people that they had answering the phones to support their printers, they didn't buy them licenses for Adobe Photoshop so that they had the latest versions so they could be testing what's going on in this guy's shop in... Nebraska. So, being someone with resources, I set up a little computer at my desk with a bunch of software that I had cracked, including Photoshop. And then I just kept it updated, so, you know. But so many people kept coming in my little area because it was the only place I could like test something that my man, get this, my manager said, hey, well, let's just install that software on everybody else's computers. I'm like, that's fine. I don't care. And that's exactly how I talked to her. Okay. And uh, so there's probably 40, 40 or 50 computers with this cracked software on it unbeknownst to me there's an organization called the business software alliance and they are allianced with hp and the business software alliance was doing a what they said was a routine scan of the computer network at hewlett-packard on behalf of hewlett-packard and um they found my computers (laughs) all 50 of the computers And then they found my computer, which was sort of like the master computer with all the versions of software on it. So it was like 20, 30 gigabytes worth of cracked software on it. And they reported it to Hewlett-Packard. I'm sitting at my desk one day, and three guys come up behind me. They're like, can you please come with us? So two of the guys took me to a room. The other guy grabbed my computer, pulled the hard drives out put them in FedEx envelopes and FedEx them to Palo Alto, California and I was sitting in this room and then my manager and her boss comes in and they're like uh, so we need you to go home and just stay available by the phone uh, at this time we're going to most likely be letting you go because uh, because of the illegal software on your computer, I was like, "Yo, what? How you?" And that tone, you?
3: that tone—that's yeah. a butt puckering moment. Because if they're telling you to just hang by the phone, hang by the phone, you're the first person in history that's like been fired, and they're like, "But we're going to need to talk to you." Yeah, so
0: so this wasn't just like bye. they 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 shipped my hard drives to Palo Alto, like they thought I was like some Uber hacker. So they had their, their uh, computer scientists down in, in Palo Alto looking through my hard drives, trying to figure out to what extent I was doing whatever I was doing. And uh, what really got me, what really made me mad was my freaking manager was the one that was like, hey, this is getting annoying having everybody come over to your desk. Put it on everybody's computers, and here I am taking a bath, and they're saying they're so every other day for like two weeks, I was on the phone with either like uh, the computer scientists from Palo Alto or a lawyer or somebody for HP. Like I'm just saying, I don't have a lawyer yet or anything like that. I'm freaking out. I have no idea what's going to happen because software piracy is expensive, you know. Uh, if you get if if you get caught and they want to. Press charges or whatever. Anyway, so
3: can you ch- imagine the level? If you had had to go to prison, the level of ass raping. Oh. That. What are you? There's there's like a triple murderer.
0: What are you yeah. in for? And then here's op. I had the illegal software. On yeah. My. And they're like, "Let me see your floppy disk." That'd be the end of it.
3: No, you'd see their floppy disk. Yeah, Nobody probably. Would be-
0: Definitely. So at the very end, they bring me in this last day. I had to stay home for two weeks. I, I like, went to Utah and just went, you know, I, I was driving all over the place because I couldn't just stay in the house. I was going crazy. Um, they took me to the last day, and they're like, so we're going to let you go, and you need you to sign this paperwork. And uh, this also prevents you from applying for a job at Hewlett-Packard for the another seven years. And also, oh. before you leave could you tell us how we doing what you do and knowing what you know, could you tell us how could we find more cracked software on our network? They wanted my freaking help oh, to like clean this is up. Like a, this is
3: a movie plot.
0: I was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, well, if you found mine, somebody knows how to do it. I, I bid you adieu and I left I was so pissed at two, two weeks. My, my manager, I take a bath for the whole department and I, I just went out and started my own company after that. I was just so pissed about working for somebody and getting so worked. And I remember she like called me like a year later and wanted to go to lunch. And like, she was like, Oh, I'm just, I admire you so much for your courage to start a business. And I'd really like to do the same. And all this, I was just like, I, I want to punch you in the face. But we're in a Qdoba, Mexican style restaurant. Yeah, you can't
3: be punching people in a Qdoba. No, that's a Taco Bell crime.
0: Exactly. We're in the
3: upper crust. Just for the record, Qdoba is maybe the most disgusting restaurant that that has ever existed. So
0: I I wasn't paying. I was barely there on my own volition. Um, I was just so mad. That, so that's my story. Almost probably went to jail for twenty years. Uh, didn't and uh, had a manager who I'm pretty sure she just saw the bullet pass by her head like the bullet she dodged by firing me just (sighs) just the
3: most white collar Mark Zuckerberg top theft story that, that could possibly be told
0: yeah, it was pretty intense. It was like it was like a a, a movie, sci-fi channel kind of cliffhanger.
3: Well, I, I I wanted to tell a story where I got caught stealing something, but I racked my brain and look, we've established I'm not a good person on this podcast. It's documented. We're on episode. This is, I believe, episode eighteen, right? Yeah, but you're a good person. I like you. So there's there, it's documented that I. That I'm kind of an asshole or whatever, what have you. Not an asshole, but I'm kind of a... I have a skewed moral compass. And I racked my brain, and I racked my brain. I thought, surely I've stolen... I can't recall ever in my life stealing anything. Really? Ever. Not once. Not even accidentally putting everybody has that story when I was a kid I was in a gas station and I put a candy bar in my pocket and my mom said yeah you go walk that back in there and you pay for that and you right. and that's how I learned about stealing never even had that moment really never Where? in my whole life that I can recall I have never stolen anything and that's the only point of pride for
0: my character that I think I have I, I stole software. But uh, it was—it felt like a victimless crime. But like I could never—let's
3: right, be clear—it was a victimless, victimless
0: crime. Yeah, I guess. I'll tell you what did happen to me one time.
3: Someone stole your heart. That happened. Yeah, we're married. We got three kids. But uh, whenever I was stationed on Lejeune, one time I went out. I, I went to a I went to the liquor store, and parked in my truck. And while I was in the liquor store, I met one of my buddies. And he was like, for whatever reason, I don't remember why, this was on a Friday. He said, Hey, ride back with me. I was like, All right, cool. So I rode back with him. And then we drank all weekend at the barracks. Just just getting just getting hammered. And then Monday rolls around and I get dismissed for the day. And I'm like, hey, I'm gonna run I'm gonna run somewhere, I don't know where, probably a strip club. Hmm. And my truck isn't in the parking lot. My truck is gone. And I'm like, oh shit. Somebody has stolen my truck. Really? So I call the military police, and by this time it's like running around, you know, 9 o'clock, 10, 10 o'clock. I go to the go to the MP office there on base, and we start the paperwork. Now this is super rare, and this is a big safety issue, right? They don't know why somebody would if, if a truck gets stolen on a military installation, it's a big deal. Yeah, because they don't know what the what other plans with this stolen vehicle. Right. Know? Right. Could be terrorist oriented.
0: Well, and everybody on the on the base is pretty much conscripted to a certain set of rules and laws, which the military is different than just civil. Like, you know, you could you could end up in the brig for whatever. You yes,
3: know? yes. So p- clearly, whoever stole this truck, they don't they don't have an in, there, There's not like an exit strategy. Uh huh. You know, which makes it worse. So. It's a big deal. It's a real big deal. So I'm sitting at the at the at the military police station there for hours. We're doing paperwork. They notify all gate guards on Camp Lejeune. Hey, they send out a bolo which stands for Be on the Lookout mm. for a 2010 Nissan Frontier. Okay. Silver silver Nissan Frontier. It's been stolen. This never happens. This never happens. So I'm sitting there like shit. Somebody stole my truck. The gate guards are now on alert. A commanding officer, a lieutenant colonel, got awoken out of his out of his sleep at his home. Now this is a big deal. This is one of those you can't handle the truth uh-huh. like moments, you know. And and everybody's got their got their got their panties in a twist. And I'm and I'm sitting here in this chair in this in this MP police station, just kind of I got my head down and my my elbows are on my on my knees and I'm looking at the ground on the tile. And then I had that oh no. That oh no moment oh no and I said hey uh hey you and he was like what and I was like send a send an MP over there to the to the seven-day store where they sell the liquor and see if my truck's in the parking lot there oh <laughs> and maybe five <laughs> minutes later we hear on the radio over there yeah we got it we got it right here it's empty they have they have parked it at the seventh and then I had to be like no they didn't they didn't, they didn't park it there. I just lost my truck. I just had lost my truck. Oh, yeah. You went with your friend. Yeah. I forgot. I got drunk. And then I got shit housed and forgot that I had never brought my truck back. And it caused a big ruckus. And, uh, and I did some push-ups.
0: I did some push-ups. Yeah. Do you get demerits or like do they? So, in a way. In a way. Wow. Physical demerits. Yeah, physical That's demerits. Yeah, physical demerit. uh,
3: there was a... People weren't happy. There were people upset. That's what happened to me, Op. Uh, I sent Camp Lejeune into a frenzy over a stolen vehicle that wasn't stolen. It was one I just lost because I liked booze. So we're doing Richard Russell. Richard Bebo Russell this week, Op. Okay. And you were, you were completely
0: oblivious to this story, correct? Yes. Oh, so sorry about that. Um, my everything turned off and overheated. Yes. And yeah, sorry. So we had to stop. And so this is this part is actually uh, what? Two days, two later. days later. Two, two days? days later. Yeah, weird. Weird how that works in your earballs, huh? It's just like, oh, one day they're, oh, two days ago they're in my ears one second ago. And then two days later they're in my, one second later, two days. All that—it's like time travel. I think. Yeah, it was, and and a lot's happened in that. In that a period. lot has. Oh. A, yeah, Kent, why don't you share with us what happened after the moment after we, <laughs> we stopped
3: recording? So the period from now and when you heard whatever sound effect that Op has just added. It, I'm, I'm guessing it'll be like a like a power
0: down yeah, noise or something. Uh, like a yeah, power down. That's what I'm going to do. Yes.
3: I uh, I turned off the mic. We we had technical difficulties the whole time that we were recording. My right leg was throbbing, and I had a headache. My vision was getting blurry. I was trying to push through it though. You know what we got? We got to get we got to get content out up. Yeah, that's right. So uh, I shut my lap. We we said hey we'll pick this back up in a uh, tomorrow, uh, which ended up not happening. But for for reasons you're getting ready to find out, we'll pick this up back up tomorrow, and. And that was that. Okay, cool. But uh, I, I closed my laptop, stood up, and I was like, "Nope, gonna have to go to the emergency room." So, <laughs> we- <laughs> so moments after, between between that little sound effect that you just heard, moments after I was in the emergency room with a blood pressure of 191 over 112, and convinced that I was about to get my right leg hacked off because it was it was bad.
0: It was. Horribly swollen, horribly swollen, and beet red. And you, you were in there for how long? You you, you like Marco Polo dust the next morning, and you were driving away. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I showed up at the
3: emergency room at nine thirty. There was a, there was a, it was packed to the gill with a bunch of coughing people. There was a little little guy there. Felt bad for him, just throwing up all over the place, and people walking in. And there was a guy in basketball shorts and cowboy boots. And you've got to really be in a bad place to wear that that combination. And it was packed. So I had to wait until like midnight before I even got in. And then I was in there getting test ran on me until uh, about like seven thirty, eight o'clock the next morning.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Well, I, I, that's, I have to giggle for a second because you said – it was packed full of little coffin people, and honestly, I didn't even no, think about people that were coughing. I was thinking of like like mortuary people, like they were milling about. I,
3: I immediately knew when you said that where you're... because I've I've got a pretty good understanding of how your brain <laughs> works now, so I knew where yeah, that was I going. don't good. Let me know how. Let me know sometime. I don't probably know. some some of them looked rough, so they may very well be little coffin people now, like C O F F N I N. Uh but at the
0: time they were just coughing people C-O-U-G-H-I-N. Yes. apostrophe cuz we're slang here yo ended up being uh
3: the blood pressure was a result of a, an adverse reaction to some new medication and my leg
0: was cellulitis so that was that was a good time it was a good time that's weird so two different things two different just things. kind of happened at the same time and
3: and those two things combined uh are 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 symptomatic of one big thing that they were worried about. Blood clots, uh, diabetes, mm-hmm. like, there was a couple different heart problems. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that was, that was my, uh, my evening after we immediately shut off that recording.
0: That's so weird. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I get, I, I would say are even. So I, I couldn't record. Things kept falling apart here because my stew stew was like 100 degrees and the computer kept turning off and then you had all of your body problems so I was gonna was gonna apologize but now I'm not because I think we're just even it's uh it was almost uh
3: meant to be you like you were supposed to yeah you were supposed to have those technical difficulties
0: it's like your Mima was turning my recorder on and off hey Kent you need to get to the ER the... yeah she seems to watch over you you're still my least favorite grandson <laughs> maybe she got up there and she was like oh these other ones are dirt bags Kent's actually not so that'll be fun to find out when you get up there you're like you know
3: Why all the attention uh, Maymaw I mean I got a lot of work to do if I'm gonna get up there at all
0: <laughs> oh you'll be fine I don't know you'll I've, I've got a
3: feeling there's a system of checks and balances here and I'm definitely uh, <laughs> I'm in the red <laughs>
0: We all are, brother. We all are. (laughs) But we're back. (laughs) And we're good.
3: We're healthy now. Everything's lined up. I'm feeling good. You feeling good, Op?
0: I am. Both my legs are the same color. Me too now. Let's go. Yeah. Antibiotics.
3: Modern medicine. It's really something. Yeah. Even not modern medicine like antibiotics are pretty something. (laughs) And then that lady, I had to get an ultrasound on my leg. So she traced, the lady traced my femoral artery. And she started at my crotch right mm. and i was in basketball shorts and there's really no dignity there's really no dignity no being in front of a doctor cuz she just ripped my shorts up and my my package it was cold in the room it was cold in the room okay and it was just <laughs> yeah. like give me a heads up you know turn your back mm. just let me like flick it a couple something just to just to like get the blood flow just cuz i didn't know we were getting around. i didn't prepare for that you know you can't you can't get in the batter's box without swinging the bat a few times first. That's not Yeah. Yeah. You could pull a muscle. You know You know the one thing you weren't giving her right then? Um any kind of fantasy whatsoever. I can promise you that.
0: <laughs> I was going to say you weren't giving her a heads up.
3: <laughs> no, no. No, no I was not. I was barely giving her a heads.
0: Uh.
2: <laughs> Someone's at the front door.
0: <laughs> Sorry, my daughter keeps ringing our doorbell out front and it makes Alexis start up here hopefully that won't happen again but anyways
3: we're back we're good and we are doing Sky King, the Sky King Richard Bebo Russell
0: how much do you know about this story Op I intentionally stay bereft of most information so that I can act astonished as we go okay then let's just uh, let's dive in you want to do that what? Oh, wait, yeah. Sorry, that was kind of a premature astonishment. Yes, let's go. Okay. All right, Op. So Richard
3: Russell, and his friends called him Bebo, was born on September 19th, 1989 in Key West, Florida. You got any fun, fun stories about Key West? Most people do. No, I've never been there. Okay, well, when he was seven years old. Him and his family. They moved to Wasilla, Alaska. We got another story here coming out of Alaska, uh, like Jason Vukovich. Jason oh, yeah. Vukovich. And, I, and if I recall correctly, I might be wrong, I feel like some part of that story, the Jason Vukovich's story, took place in Wasilla.
0: I think you're right, because I remember you saying Wasilla. Yeah, me
3: too. You I think? feel like I've said that. Yeah. I actually feel like somebody complimented me on uh, either Instagram or Facebook or Twitter about my pronunciation. And that never uh-huh. happens when you sound like this. <laughs> so, now just like any other kid, young Richard, he liked video games and, you know, camping and running around in the woods with sticks and poking dead birds and showing his butt like boys do and just, you know, little boys just out in the woods having fun, building forts. All that, all the little, he just, he was a normal little boy. Just a normal little guy out there running around and making slingshots and probably finding, you know, old tattered playboys out there and, just yeah. uh just living the young boy life right yeah he had a sister named Mary he was very close with he attended Wasilla High School uh wrestled he was uh he was on the football team as a fullback he was on track and field not on track and field he did the track and the field and uh he was known kind of as the the class clown this all american all american young white man in Alaska okay and he is what this is a white guy. Now, uh, all his coaches remember him as being a re- very respectful, uh, yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no man kind of guy, uh, and and a, and a team player. So he was a he was there for the team, not the individual. His friends know him as Bebo, and I never could figure out where this nickname came from, but I like that nickname Bebo. Bebo sounds like a guy you'd want to hang out with. He also sounds like the guy that would get shit face drunk at the party on tequila shots, and then you know pass out in the front yard with his pants around his ankles yeah however that is uh, that is that is not our Bebo in this story at all because he was also known for being loving and caring and was very good at listening and he was uh, mostly known during high school for being the kid that threw alcohol free bonfire parties for all the students in the school that felt pressured at other parties to drink so maybe the he was probably like the the Ned Flanders of his school, I would imagine. This sounds, yeah, this okay. sounds, Some. I got a friend, I've got a friend that uh, I work with pretty frequently that this, that I feel like he would throw alcohol-free bonfire parties at his school uh, for the, he, he's not from around here, he has a weird accent and, uh, and, uh, I mean, I like the guy <laughs> a lot. He's into, he's into collecting things and, and knows a lot about, a lot about a lot of stuff, honestly. And, yeah, he sounds like a great guy. He's not, but Richard was. <laughs> so we got the. So he's the Ned Flanders, right? Uh, yeah. They They say he was popular at school, despite the fact that he's throwing alcohol-free bonfire parties. Nobody, nobody that I whenever was high, when I was in high school, nobody wanted to go to the party where they're serving Sprite and, you know, playing.
0: I don't know. Yeah, it, it sounds. What's a popular Christian band? Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know very. I don't know very many Christian. I don't bands. either. But he was Tool? playing one of Tool? those. Tool, a Christian band. Um, Skillet, maybe. I think Skillet's a Christian band. I thought he, he does um, that like that like tech that. No, <laughs> that's Skrilla. Uh, same thing. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah, they both are Jason, children
3: of God. Skrillex actually started out in a church, Bast- doing Baptist techno. Yeah, it was like wow, wow, G G Jesus, wow, 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 Not a lot of people know that. You learned you you heard that here. Bow
2: wow,
3: Someone fic- call nine one one now. Cry, 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 that, that's how he started out. <laughs> then he got to college, and everything went to shit.
0: Uh, yeah. It's a funny fact. Fun fact. Did you know that uh, Skrillex won a Grammy? He's like the the first like uh, dubstep artist to ever win a Grammy, and he basically wrote that song in his house, like in his. That's room. because there's Persist nothing it. to it. It's just. Yeah. But it's so catchy. I love it. It really is.
3: Yeah. Have you ever seen the video? Um, where the pedophile goes down uh, to the subway station to try to get the little girl, and then whenever he gets down to the subway station, you should watch the video on YouTube. He's he's following this little girl down into a subway station, an empty subway station, and he's like, he's a pedophile, and he's like going to attack her and maybe kill her and do what pedophile things to her lifeless corpse, mm-hmm. and and then when she turns around, her eyes go black, and she ends up being a demon that was luring him down there to, and she starts doing this with her fingers. Ooh. And and, and he he like lifts up off the air and he starts she starts just f- breaking his bones and stuff with her with her mind and it's really good I found in in a, in a for a format where it's all audio to do to do things that require visual, visual, visualization. Uh huh. You should watch the
0: video. It's really good. I, um. Have you you know that one part of the song where you hear the girl scream like she says like oh my gosh, or something like she that. she goes call 911 now well that's another song that's, oh we're talking about a completely different his. song I was talking about the, the Sprites song the the one that he won the Grammy for the one where it's like do I have to play it for you? let's hear it Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites sounds like this okay 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 And wait for the drop because you hear this girl's voice. Here's the drop. Whoa. Yeah. That's the first drop. There's another one coming. Okay. Okay, and then he talks backwards for a second. It's coming. Right here. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that he
3: does. He uses that sound
0: effect in every single song. That like. <laughs>
4: yeah.
0: Kind of the. It's it's like a it's like a semi coming to an abrupt stop on your face. Yes. Um. So that 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 yes. Oh my gosh. Part. Uh. That girl exclaiming in the song. That's actually from a video on YouTube where a girl had just cup stacked like in a super record time. And she was like, bah, bah, dah, bah, 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 bah. you know how those cups go. Yeah. You know, and she stacked them all. And she's like, yes. Oh, my God. And then then. But she didn't at the time. She didn't know that she was going to be on Skrillex.
3: I guess I'm just kind of bummed out because so, I I like to think it was something more badass than that. I guess yeah, and not cup stacking. But I mean, I will say this about all of Skrillex's songs: does he even I don't think he does music anymore. I haven't heard from him. Uh, I haven't heard from him ever. He doesn't have my number or anything. But even on TV or anything, <laughs> I've not seen anything of him. I think I think he died.
0: He he didn't. D- Dubstep died.
3: And oh, so there he, it is. He's, you know what dubstep makes me want to do? It makes me want to go uh wing wing gliding? Where you got the, oh, yeah, that's the bird because, suits,
0: the squirrel suits? Because there's another song by AWOL Nation Sale. Yeah, the most overplayed yeah. song
3: in the history of, of maybe songs ever. And I liked it at first.
0: I did too. And it, you know, in a quiet moment it can still get my blood going, but uh, it yeah, it's definitely in one ear and out the other now more than more than not. So funny story
3: about Cell. Uh, I was once mm. hanging out. We I, I was like the th- I don't want to say I was the third wh- I was with one of my buddies and he was with this girl that he didn't care much for. And she was into him, but he wasn't that into her. And and she she I think irritated him a lot and she turned on that song, like, "Sell." And I think everybody <laughs> knows that song. But yeah. but my buddy, I'm not going to say his name. He he's like, "Cut it off, cut it off, cut it off." And she's like, "What?" And he's like, "I know what you're doing." She's like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, you got this edgy song, sell, blah, 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 blah. You're different than other girls. Just cut the bullshit." And <laughs>
0: wow, <laughs> did that work? She wasn't happy. It wasn't a second date after that. No, but month? that's
3: think what he was shooting for.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, he was trying to cut it cut not just the song short but the maybe the whole yes. night <laughs> you're different than I other see. girls it's edgy sale, blah, 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 blah. yeah i get it just cut the bullshit yeah. <laughs> hey so i actually you asked um speaking of things that failed do you do you know did you know that at one point from 1793 to 1857 we actually were and I don't even know why we would make this, but we actually had a half cent coin. Yeah, God, we are
3: not even off the first page of the outline yet.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it didn't last long.
3: So Richard was active in church uh like like i said i mean it would have to be active in church to throw alcohol free bonfire parties mm. he was the leader in his local christian youth ministry where he helped troubled kids uh, i i'm giving this guy a lot of shit but I, I i need to front load this up i love this dude i really love him and and the
0: especially with what he does i just i just love this guy i love richard Russell. so there's there's some people out there that just they have a lot of positive energy yes this
3: guy like drips Positivity, Yeah. Almost like a Mr. Rogers type character.
0: Yeah, and sometimes it really works. Like, you get some amazing people that help kids, and then sometimes that positive energy, you know, ends up becoming the guy that just can't stop selling multi-level marketing schemes. But this guy did it right. He helped kids. He was involved never in any scheme whatsoever. Not one. Right. So he
3: graduates high school in 2008. He actually plays football for a season at the Valley City State University in North Dakota. I hear they're real big in the in 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 the footballs leagues. In there. In there they mm. I hear about them a lot. I didn't even know that was a team.
0: Oh sports. Uh, if
3: you haven't seen a picture of if you haven't seen a picture of Richard, Richard he kind of looks like a like a beefier kind of corn fed version of Jason Biggs. Do you remember that guy? Okay. Yeah, from American American Pie. Pie and American Pie, yeah. And also, he was American, in Pie, American Pie, Pie Yeah. And then, but then he was in also in American Pie three.
0: Yes. Yeah. I wonder what he's doing. Now. I think he's dead.
3: Uh, in yeah. twenty ten, I, I, I'm going to take that back. Jason Biggs isn't dead, but I have heard from people that have met him that he is a raging douchebag.
0: Which is really unfortunate because, you know, he doesn't have a whole lot of movie equity behind him to really qualify. Well, he did do uh,
3: American Pie. Oh, yeah. Okay. I forgot about that one. You're right. He was also in that movie with Arlie Ermey and Jack Black uh, that I can't recall the name of. American Pie? Was Arlie Ermey? Neither Arlie Ermey nor Jack Black were in any of the 13 American Pie movies. And I'll tell you this: none of those movies would even have been watchable if not for Sean William Scott. And I'll I'll I will die on that mountain.
0: I I, I agree with you, Sean William Scott, and the other funny guy, not in that movie, but in a lot of other movies. He's funny too. That's
3: a good input. Up, uh, very, very good input. Um, I'm glad yeah. we got that. Dang it. J- he, he's not a douchebag like Jason Biggs, though. Richard isn't. Mm. Yeah. Right. Right. Back to Richard. Back to Richard, yeah. And Sean William Scott, I guess, also isn't a douchebag. He seems like a pretty Is cool not. Dude. He's
0: not. Yeah, he's he seems like a cool guy. But,
3: and the other guy I was talking about, he's not either. But in 2010, Richard Bebo Russell meets his future wife, Hannah. And she had grown up in Washington State. They actually met at a campus cross church meeting like a crusade Dance. meeting thing at the south southwestern oregon community college so it's a church thing you know for college college kids they all get together and i mean it probably gets i would imagine those 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 shindigs they really they get out of hand
0: could you imagine just how many pent-up hormones are in so that? much like, hormone. there's only so much you can channel you know, toward the spirit. Everybody is horny <laughs> but nobody can talk about it.
3: It's yeah. There's nothing there but once again,
0: Sprite. Maybe there's something hot about it, but more not hot than hot. It is kinda it is kind of, yeah. is kind of hot. It, it, it,
3: but but all these all these young bucks, all these young bloods, all these young broads, they're all in there with their hormones. They're they're getting right with Sprite. And and yeah. this is where this is where Richard meets his wife, his future wife Hannah, and they get married in January 2012. Two years later, and in March of 2012, they start a bakery in North Bend, Oregon, called Hannah Marie's Artisan Breads and Pastries.
0: Wow! Now, actually, it sounds like it was her bakery more than his, but I digress. Well, she was the she she was they they were both fan of
3: of of. Artisan breads, uh, artisan breads, and cupcakes, and donuts, and 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 I guess cakes and pastries, and they were both like whenever they would go on vacations and stuff. They always their thing, their thing, their coupley thing that they did mm-hmm. was you know try a new bakery, and that's In that's a lot of carbohydrates. Bakeries.
0: That is a lot. Hey, actually, never mind. I think. Do you think was Richard's middle name Marie? It was not Marie. No. No. Okay, then that must probably, yeah, it's probably just her name in the title. So, hmm. thought I was on something.
3: You there. weren't, though. I uh, actually went on Yelp and found some reviews from when this when this restaurant was open. You want me to read some of them? Oh. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, this is a review left for Hannah Marie's artisan breads and pastries left on September twenty sixth, two thousand and thirteen. And I'm going to try to do. Okay. Uh, I don't know what a Washington, <clears throat> what a Washington
0: accent sounds like. Hey, guess what? What September 26th? That's my birthday. Is it really? Yeah, that's really my birthday. What year? 1975. It's a good year. That was a good year. Yeah, good year for coins. Yeah, it was actually. It was the bicentennial. I believe that's the year that that, that low ra Yep A lot of great things Happened in 75 And I
3: was I just shot in the dark there I don't know if that's when That song came out
0: Did Star Wars come out In 75 Star Wars Maybe It could That sounds Good to me Let's go with that Cause I I want it to be The year I was born <clears throat> Alright
3: So here's this review It wasn't
0: It was 1977 Darn oh, it Close
3: oh. You were two years old When Star Wars came out
0: I know Crazy
3: all right. Left on Yelp, September 26, 2013.
4: My birthday. <laughs> my wife first met Hannah when she and Bebo
0: first opened their bakery. Our daughter was far away and suffering
3: that day, and my wife couldn't hide her grief. Hannah and Bebo paused from their work and prayed with her. Ever since, their pastries have had,
1: to our taste, the special sweetness. Five... Out of five stars.
0: That. That was a great accent. Thank you. You like uh, that? Also. Yeah. I got another one I here. never thought about...
3: Okay. Review left on Yelp. September 25th,
0: 2013.
1: Hey.
0: It's the day before my birthday.
2: The moment I stepped inside Hannah Marie's, the first thing that caught my attention was the fresh smell of baked breads. And as a Duh. And as I looked down inside the glass container, I saw many a beautiful and delicious treat. Then I looked on the countertop, and there they were. Biscotti breads in all different flavors. I knew I had to try them all. Pig. They had every flavor, from dark chocolate to vanilla lavender. From that put-on, I was hooked. Not only are their pastries amazing, but Hannah and her husband, Bebo, are both very special people. I occasionally walk inside the bakery just to say hello and see how they are doing. They are both loving people that have a strong passion for baking and interacting with people. Five out of five stars.
0: <laughs> that was that was amazing. That Thank was, you. That was withering. That Thank was you. like That was uh, that was impressive in you and you hung with it that was what it's impressive yeah. it's hard to do an accent for a long time and you did that for like I don't know 10 lines at least that was a, that was at good, least a good job but this is something that you'll see time and time again
3: is that they're they just seem like a very 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 sweet caring mm. giving fun happy couple to be around
0: I never thought about sweetening bread with the spirits spirit so that's a new one i what you know when he said ever since they prayed over her ever their pastor's special sweetness oh yeah i think they were praying for their daughter something happened to their daughter do- that heading to jesus sweets
3: i don't know what to do with you sometimes oh. look the point is they're good people Everybody talks right. about how pleasant they are to be around, how conversational they are, how extroverted they are, and how happy they are to have customers, and how appreciative they are.
0: I'm glad. You know what? I'll just say this. I'm glad to hear that the, the description is is very robust. Whereas, like you know, if you were to die today, you know there'd be those mouth breathers that don't know enough about you, and so they would just say. He had such a sweet smile. They say that about
3: anybody. No matter who they are, when they die, yeah. it pisses me off. Because sometimes,
0: guess what? Pieces of shit die up. And you know what? Guess what? Here's what I have to say. is If I'm dead, talk about my smile all you want. If I'm missing, don't talk about my smile. Because guess what I'm probably not doing wherever I'm missing? Smiling. So you're going to overlook me and my dashing smile. Yeah. yeah. If you're describing me as six foot two, two fifty, and a great smile, that's it. Stupid. I just wish one time somebody would die and
3: somebody would post a memorandum on their Facebook, like you know, Leonard. Leonard died today. I've known him for thirteen years. Fuck him.
0: <laughs> Worst smile ever. <laughs> kind of a dick. Yeah. Smelled like soap Two out of five
3: stars. Would not recommend. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: totally.
3: But re- no matter who they re- are, even if it's a crackhead with no teeth, when they die, for some- somehow they all had a smile that lit up the room and they were the life of the party. <laughs>
0: sure. They were. Everybody was. That guys, pisses me, me off. Dead. I don't like me it. Me too, because... There's a very few of us that actually can be the life of the party, and I think it really diminishes the value. Yeah, guess what, up, and it's as sure as fuck isn't everybody. It's definitely not Leonard. It's
3: not Leonard because he's dead. Freaking Leonard. In 2015, Richard and Hannah sell their business in order to move closer to their families. Richard's family still in Alaska, obviously, and but but they they went there, and Hannah hated the weather. She just couldn't stand the weather, no matter how much Richard tried to convince her about how great Alaska was. See, Richard is is a nature lover. He loves the mountains. He loves the views. He loves scenery, you know, bodies of water and mountain ranges and snow and woods and all that. He loves it. He loves being outside, hiking, all that kind of stuff. But he couldn't convince, and Alaska, I've been told, is a beautiful place. It is. It'll also kill you. Yes. Everything there
0: will kill you. Tries to kill you.
3: Yes. But Hannah hated it, so they end up settling in Sumner, Washington, Washington, because of how close it was to Hannah's family. Now, with that same year, 2015, Richard enrolls in Washington State University to, to finish his degree. And and while Richard's finishing his degree, uh, you know, him and Hannah, they're traveling. They do so every chance they get. They love traveling the world, seeing the world, going all over the place, and they go everywhere. They go to France, they go to Mexico, they go to Ireland, back to back and forth to Alaska, Florida, they go to the Yukon River, and there are many pictures of Richard's and Hannah's endeavors, you know, at different parts of the, all over the world, just a loving, uh, an in-love couple that is that is just loving life, and loving each other, and 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 living to the fullest. Bonded by bread. Bonded by bread, and their love of of Jesus, the J Man, upstairs, and a sprinkle of yeast, and that's beautiful. This is just, and they're and they're attractive. You know, yep. they're, Richard's not a bad looking dude, and Hannah's
0: gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous, I, out of his league. I would even say, yeah, yeah. Well, there's only so many options for a man when you've only been in a series of. American Pie movies. Yeah,
3: well, I mean, Richard Richard's was probably a six out of ten on the look scale, but a ten out of ten personality wise, right? Yep. So, like I said, while they're traveling, they're visiting bakeries. That was their thing to do as a couple. They loved trying the croissants and the bear claws and the cupcakes and the not the little fried Oreos and bread, bread, lots of breads, mm. Just empty carbs, empty carbs. Yum. Love it. Now, Richard Steele, during all this time in his off time, you know, when he's not traveling, when he's not working, when he's not at school, he still loves reading. He loves video games. Uh, he loves IPAs, kind of hipstery, but whatever. I like IPAs. And I don't know what that means. It's it's a it's a Indian Pale Ale is what it stands for, and I don't know what that means, but it's basically beer that tastes like shit, but you drink it anyway. Weird. Why would you? I don't know why. I'm just now realizing how stupid it is, to be honest. I've been drinking IPAs for years and I've never enjoyed any of them.
0: I pretend I'm a blind man. Right. And I've never drank beer before. Okay,
3: but what does being blind have to do with this? Well, probably it'd be hard to find a beer. Okay, uh, that's why you haven't drank
0: a beer because you just couldn't find one. Yeah, can't locate it. So I can't locate a beer. And I'm like, man, wonder what beer. Tastes like so. Explain beer to me. So, I mean, that, that would what well, well, beer? Beer tastes different. Okay, all right. So let's uh, start with an IPA. Tell me about an IPA. So, what what is
3: it? And, and just for the audience's sake, Op never had genuinely has never tasted beer or alcohol for that matter. No, and I'm not, I'm not yeah. and that's
0: true, isn't it, Op? It's true. Forty five years dry. I've never smoked, drank, or done any drugs. And Kent is actually drinking Rolling Rock green glassed beer. So what I have right As here is a
3: Rolling see. Rock, and and I do okay. like this one. This is one I genuinely enjoy drinking. This is one of my favorite beers. Uh, I'm a okay. I'm a Rolling Rock guy. I like Rolling Rock, I like Foster's, which is Australian for beer. Those are my two beers of choice: Rolling Rock and Foster's. Okay. Now, Roland, but Rolling, those are two very different beers,
0: aren't they? They, they taste pretty
3: pretty similar. It's like to me to me it's like drinking like it's like the difference in Sprite and Seven Up.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So where does the Rolling Rock and Fosters sit on the scale of like Lemony IPA? I mean, sorry, Lemony Hefeweizen to IPA. Well,
3: Rolling Rock nor Fosters are neither one IPAs.
0: Okay. I don't know. I'm
3: already lost. Yeah, me too. But I, I know that I like Rolling Rock. So an IPA, the way I know it's an IPA if it is if it has like zombies on the box or knights fighting or or like yeah. astronauts, or like dogs fighting, or like a, a donut, or yeah. or maybe something ironic. Rasputin, or or mutant It's a mixture of Rasputin and and the Toxic Avenger.
0: Um, that's fun. Ooh, that's crazy. That sounds like a good comic book. Did you know Rasputin had a massive cock? Yeah. Uh, yes, I did. He also smelled like Bigfoot's ween. Yeah so unfortunately there's always a catch to having a big dick always a catch but he caught the ladies he sure did did you know that there is a beer that's produced in Provo, Utah called Saint Provo Girl and I saw call that billboard one time big old you know the busty beer girl she's holding the things and it says Saint Provo Beer Saint Provo Girl Beer if you just said oh my heck this beer isn't for you (laughs) I always laugh when I think about that because it wasn't for you. Because that's just, yeah. Because it's, <laughs> it's basically made in a place where no one will drink it. <laughs> Dommed you out! <laughs> like right there on the spot.
3: Yeah. By the way, you also asked how lemony Rolling Rock and Foster's are. Neither one of them have any added flavors. No fruity flavors in those two. It's just a beer, a straight beer. Yeah.
0: So, is beer like just get, look at like identify something else? It's so that hard. I might dude. Have consumed it, it, it's it's uh it's probably a bit of a challenge, huh? Because like there's nothing else that tastes like beer. Yeah, because nothing else has hops in yeah. it. Yeah, like it, that's a very barley that's a, only. That's barley and hops in a drink it, unless it's alcoholic. The, okay, so it, here's what. Tell me if I'm close with this. Tck. Okay. I have this is a two part two part quandary. One part is why is it that the beer is expensive? like at a at a basketball game, baseball game, football game, something like that, The beers like five bucks. but everyone that walks by me spills their beer. why why is because that they're a drunk? Thing? Like, okay, okay, part two. when somebody accidentally spilled their beer on my head one time, it smelled like they just put me inside of a bread bag.
3: Okay, so does it taste like bread? You Ever had sourdough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So imagine sourdough in a liquid form, Whoa. and then and then mix that with a, with a less lemony sprout. and then add a dash of vinegar.
0: Wow, I am shocked that anybody drinks. That's this how stuff. it's an
3: acquired taste. It isn't a okay. taste, it sure but it doesn't taste like it. as bad as I'm describing it. I can't; it's hard to
0: describe the taste of beer because nothing else okay. tastes like beer. But just that combination, the math on that combination does not sound. That it sounds to me like you just said, "All right, now shave off some armpit skin, okay? Put it in a petri dish. You add yourself a touch of mint, and then some arugula, and that's that's what that's what that's what the whole world. That's the best brings. I can do." And I and I'm it's amazing. And I have and I'm known for being able to describe things, right? And yeah, I put you in a corner with that one. It's hard because it is so unique. Nothing else has barley and hops in it unless it's an alcoholic beverage. So it's it's its own thing. It
3: is okay. So uh, so another goal of of Richard and Hannah was to visit every national park in the United States. That's what wow. they wanted to do. So a lot of traveling, and in 2015 to kind of. Make money and also, in a weird way, support their hobby of traveling. Richard gets a job at the SeaTac, which is short for Seattle-Tacoma International Airport, for Horizon Air as a ground service agent, also known as a ramper, based out of Seattle-Tacoma, Washington. So he's a ramper. He's he's the guy that he's the guy that takes the luggage on and off the planes. Uh, they have a lot of duties, and actually went and, and found uh, a, a a Horizon Air. Out of SeaTac is currently hiring rampers. If you're in, if you're looking for a job and you live in the area, um, after we finish this story, I don't know how how much you're going to want this job. But I found I found a job listing from Seattle Tacoma Airport for Horizon Air for a ramper, and this is the listed responsibilities of the ramper: load and offload luggage and cargo, which I mentioned, transporting to various airport locations. So you're you're moving the cargo from the the cargo, the luggage. We could call it
0: Largo. The Largo and cargo. Largo. Yeah, that
3: makes that I simplifies like it. it. The Largo. Yep, from one it. from one place to the other. That's distribute it. all paperwork to flight crews, including fuel slips, load plans, cargo manifest, and flight releases. And that sounds like the more boring part of the yeah, job. Anything does. involving paperwork, I'm out, bro. Me too. Marshals and pushes back aircraft. So this is important in this story. They take a, I call it a tugger, and mm. it's a little a little tractor. And it and it, it's capable of you hook it up to the plane and you can maneuver a plane anyway which way you want
0: yeah they're like wide very low profile probably way a bit just because they have to be able to pull it's is, is okay, it it's basically a forklift
3: okay without the fork. without the fork yeah yeah so so they do that they move the plane in and out of certain locations put them into storage bays you know when they're out of, out of commission for maintenance or whatever uh, prepares weight and balances forms and ensures load integrity by inputting accurate commodity codes and weights into a data entry system. I fell asleep reading that. I can't imagine doing it.
0: Yeah, and this is the guy
3: on the tarmac doing this? Uh, Well, I think this is in between relatively backbreaking work. Yes, this is kind of... Uh, Okay. They also service the aircraft as necessary to include the lavatory. Sucks. That sucks. Yeah, yuck. Potable water. Aircraft grooming, de-icing, and security searches. So that these guys have a lot of responsibilities, and I'm not even done with this list yet. But that, that alone, that's a lot of work.
0: Is potable water, is that the same as potable water? It's probably it's the same. Similar? I would imagine it's the same. Okay, It's probably oh, yeah. the same. cool. Okay, I didn't know. We could have just kept
3: right on a cruising and not even mentioned we that I'm a fucking idiot. Could have. Uh, but we didn't do well,
0: that. Well, could, we couldn't do no. that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to drag us down into the sewer. Oh, <laughs>
3: uh, okay. That should be a T-shirt. So they, they also operate and or drive multiple types of equipment, such as belt loaders. Now, the belt loaders are those things that you see that it's like a ramp with a belt on it to move luggage up and down from the plane. Belt loaders, oh, okay. tugs, uh, which is what I call tuggers. The things responsible for moving the planes. Air start units. Don't know what that is. Bag carts. Obvious. That's obvious. Lavatory carts and and DS trucks. D-Ice D D ice
0: trucks. Okay. D-Ice trucks. That's funny because do uh, you know what other profession has? Belt loaders, air start units, bag carts, and lavatory carts? What? What? And tugs. Prostitution. You got your belt. Yeah, I got it. They also execute
3: aircraft tow operations if required. So,
0: that's a good time. That's that's fun, I guess. Also have tugs. You got the tugs part, right? They got, yeah, they got tugs. They got... Yeah. It's funny. Crazy. Not de-icing as much. They don't really... Eh. Mm. Look, that's it. That's the end of the responsibilities
3: on the job listing. But that's a lot. But that's a lot. Eighty percent of
0: the job, though, is moving luggage. Okay, moving luggage, and then all of the critical weight paperwork on whether that plane's going to fly or die. Right is also on their shoulders. No big right. deal. Okay. Right. Gotcha.
3: Richard was willing to put up with all this to support his and Hannah's. Love of flying, and one of the uh, benefits to working for this company is the how easy it is to travel. The, there's a lot of perks, you know, mm-hmm. sky miles. I don't know how any of that shit works. I haven't flown in a plane since 2014, so, okay. and even then, I never had to pay for it. So I don't know how all that works, but I know it's you, probably uh, expensive.
0: Can I, can I tell you one fun fact to know and share? Yes, my my wife had never been in an airplane. And the first time she got in an airplane was when somebody bought her a chance to skydive.
3: That is really going headfirst into the water. That is so so
0: crazy. (laughs) Never been on a plane. First time she goes up, she jumps out of it. (laughs) Did she do it? She did it. She did it. Yeah, it was crazy. I wasn't there. She was engaged to another guy at the time, and uh, you know, gut feelings. I mean,
3: if you're gonna get over the the fear that isn't oh, yeah. even there because you've never
0: been, I mean, that's one way to do it. Just that is a way. It's one way. I've been on a plane. I've been on a plane with her several times since, and. She's not fun to be on a plane with. She throws up a lot on planes. It's unattractive. <laughs> so,
3: like I said, one of the one of the perks of the job, despite the shitty pay and it is bad pay, is the ability to travel for cheap. Um, mm. A lot of jobs are like this, I guess, like a drug mule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Horizon Air had a history of treating its employees like shit, though. Uh, they, they didn't really, they didn't really care about their employees. the The working conditions were garbage. the The break rooms were garbage. If they got a break, the hours were garbage, and the pay was garbage. Uh,
0: <laughs> Sounds like bullet points on the same job description you were just reading.
3: <laughs> well, I could have. I found an article talking about uh, some bullshit that Horizon Air pulled, and like it was. Uh, 2017, I believe, where they had given a bump in pay to all employees except for those that are doing the actual back breaking work on the tarmac out there. So
0: <laughs> that's a that's a kick in the sir. Oh,
3: by the way, while they're paying these guys like just a little over, barely more than minimum wage, they added like 27, 30 million dollar planes to their fleet and gave the about- uh, CEO. And everybody higher up a big bump in their, and their salary. So
0: yeah, yeah, that's
3: terrible. Morale is very low. That's the point here at Horizon mm-hmm. Air. The uh, I found a video Richard had made. He, he did a he did a blog and a video blog, and he had made a video where he's interviewing his fellow employees, and one of the common complaints was how terrible the uh, the management was.
0: You know, it seems because there's a lot of overlap in their jobs that you could probably increase morale on the tarmac by allowing prostitutes onto the tarmac.
3: We are we really getting into prostitutes for a, for a episode where literally sex isn't even a contributing factor in the entire episode? Maybe the first time in TCK history where I yeah. won't even be talking about dicks or vaginas or
0: buttholes yeah.
3: or nipples or anything like that. I would have. not even me. You're bringing up hookers. You're bringing up yeah,
0: it just felt I don't know felt dry like we needed to kind of lubricate the conversation a little.
3: Yeah, in 2016, Richard starts a blog for his college communications 210 class and says that he has aspirations to either make it to management at Horizon Air or become an officer in the United States military. Um, Spoiler alert: he accomplishes neither of these dreams.
0: I didn't mean to giggle, but... But we
3: love him. We love him. He's trying like hell. According to everybody, he's a good worker, a great worker, model employee, hard worker. Uh, He's there when he's needed. He's dependable. Um, Just nobody had any complaints about him. Now, sometime in early 2018, a pilot is, is getting on a plane... Uh, this is this is long before a flight and finds Richard and a fellow friend of his another employee tinkering with the the gadgets and everything in the cockpit of the plane um and this is not super out of the ordinary because they had to sometimes uh you know mess with stuff to to move the planes but they were talking about the the setup to start and everything it looks super sus super suspect mmm Okay. Uh, when confronted, Richard and his buddy they said, "No, we're just going over some training stuff," and they bounce out quickly. The same way you did when you were a kid and you got caught, you know, looking at the the VHSs that were in the, the the VHS covers
0: that had the black the black mm. the black covers on them. Yeah, those ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Where were those ones at? Do what now? Where were those at? In the very back of of the closet. Hmm.
3: Weird. Not my closet. I don't remember those. You really had to look for them. They were with all the other movies. Yeah. I looked them. A- in 2017, Richard graduates from Washington State University with a bachelor's degree in social science. All right, op. So Richard's graduated college. You know, he doesn't have a high-paying job, but he has a job with perks. Um, Hannah's happy. He's in a happy marriage. Uh, everything seems to be going good, right? Yeah. it's a young man with his whole life ahead of him. Happy guy, likes helping people. Everything seems to be going great. On Friday, August 10th, 2018, at one thirty-five p.m., a Horizon Air Bombardier 76-8 Q400, it's a $30 million plane,
0: that's a Dash 8, okay. Yeah, I know these Dash 8s, okay. Yeah.
3: Lands and gets pulled into Cargo Area 1 for a routine maintenance. Now, this is kind of like a garage for airplanes, right? It's finished its tour of duty for the day. They're probably going to check it and make sure everything's okay, fill it up, refuel it, yada. But it's but it's out of commission for the day, right? Mm-hmm. The same day, which is August 10th, Friday, 2018 at 2.30 p.m., Richard gets to work. Clocks in, makes his way through security, and commences work at seven fifteen. Almost five hours into his shift now. Richard pulls a tugger. Remember what I said? Those yeah. things do they? Yeah. They, they move the planes wherever you want them.
0: Oh yeah, the forklift thing. Yeah, sure, that thing.
3: Pulls a tugger up. Pulls a tugger up to cargo area one.
0: I thought he was on a break. <laughs>
3: where the Q400 is sitting that had landed earlier that day. Now, the Q400 is a 76-passenger turboprop plane, and it's capable of speeds in excess of 400 miles an hour. It's used for passenger transportation over short distances. Now, short distances, meaning that its max range on a a full tank is 1,100 miles. Okay. It's 107 foot long with a 93 foot wingspan, so not a small plane. It's no Boeing 747, yeah. but it's a it's a large plane. Now, if you were to if you're standing yeah. inside a Q400, uh, it's it's one of those planes. It's a passenger plane, but it's only got one one walkway, right?
0: Okay. So you have two
3: okay. rows of seats on each side, but there's only two sides. I see. Whereas, okay. like a 747 has. The, the middle part of seats, too, right? Yes. So we're talking about a pretty good-sized plane, but it is supposed to have two pilots. That's that's important. Even with experienced pilots, it's supposed to have two pilots. Richard Ooh. makes it his, his way into cargo area one, climbs into the cockpit of the plane, and begins the process of starting it up. Really? He gets the propeller spinning. This is nothing that he's been trained for. Climbs back down onto the tugger, pulls the plane out from cargo bay one, cargo cargo area one, the little garage, and turns it around facing the runway. How nobody has attacked him yet is astonishing to me. Yeah. At seven thirty-two p.m., that plane pulls away from its location at cargo area one and begins to line up for takeoff at the end of the runway. <laughs> You know what's craziest about this to me? All of it. All of it. Obviously, he did this on a fucking Friday. <laughs> <laughs> he would already worked five I, hours. Yeah, I could I could imagine on a Monday. Yeah, on a Monday or, when you have <laughs> first clock in, you know, he worked five hours. There was three hours left. It was a Friday. <laughs> Think it over for a few days.
1: Oh, my goodness.
3: And if you're going to do it, at least enjoy the weekend with your beautiful sweet wife. And then do it on Monday, man, when there's no end in sight and you're already thinking about killing yourself anyway. I would never (laughs) do something like this on a Friday. So, as you probably already figured out, the plane begins to take off. Um, Air traffic control starts losing their shit. (laughs) <laughs> they're screaming, identify yourself over the radio, and they're getting nothing. Richard doesn't say anything. He doesn't know. How, he doesn't know the proper takeoff procedures on the radio, none of the lingo, none of that mumbo jumbo. He's kind of snapped, it seems. The sweet, happy-go-lucky, funny dude has said, has reached max fuck it point. The plane takes <laughs> off with the wheels smoking. Like the General Lee from the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> I'm not making this up. This happened. Wait, there's are they smoking. they <laughs> there There's not an engine on the wheel. No, no, no. So there's not. I can't. Sm- I wasn't able to figure out why. He probably had some kind of brake uh, that he didn't know how to turn parking off break. on a parking brake or something yeah. like that's me guessing. I'm speculating. But uh, yeah. I know that wheels aren't supposed to smoke on planes when you take yeah, off,
0: especially on takeoff. That's probably not a good uh, sign that landing will be enjoyable.
3: Now, clearly concerned that there's a ter- there's terrorist activity going on, right? Horizon Air quickly figures out, just by process of elimination, that the plane is being piloted by another, none other than Richard Bebo Russell. And they actually manage to establish radio contact with him. And that is kind of where this story is so amazing. We actually have all of the recordings, all of the audio of Richard communicating with ground, ground control, air traffic control, as well as a pilot that they brought in to talk Richard through everything. Um, <laughs> and I love this dude really? so much. Because he's oh, so funny. Know. Now, a man in his situation facing probably life in prison, I don't know what the charges for this would be, would probably be a little bit nervous, right? Oh, Not yeah. Richard Russell. <laughs> he's having the time of his life. Oh, he is loving goodness. every single second of this. And uh, and let's go ahead. The way we're going to do this is we're going to, from here on out, there's going to be a lot of Richard talking with with air traffic control and the pilot and we'll just interject these clips um as they come into conversation this is this is the first conversation between richard and air traffic control now air traffic control immediately starts talking to richard about in in kind of pilot lingo right stuff that he's not familiar Mm. with (laughs) yeah this is richard's response
5: Horizon Air 2345, set approach, welcome, final runway 16, right? Welcome. Man, I'm a ground service agent, I don't know
3: what that is. Okay, so... That's Uh, awesome. Air traffic... (laughs) Richard tells them he's just flying the plane around, and uh, air traffic control says this. Just flying the plane around, you seem comfortable with that? And Richard responds with...
5: Oh yeah, it's a blast, man. i played video games before, so I know
3: what I'm doing a little bit. So it's important to note now, as you heard Richard say, I've played video games before, so I know what I'm doing a little bit. We we guess it's 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 pretty much, it, 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 it would be impossible for this not to be the case. Richard was playing flight simulators, which are extremely realistic, right? Yes, extremely,
0: ex- frighteningly. Like Maybe not should be legal. To- realistic well uh, I think we we all kind of had an aha moment after 9/11 you know yes and not only can are they realistic you can pick the plane that you want to learn how to fly and every so, so I, I used to rent some apartments out and I rented one to this guy who was a user interface designer for uh, flight simulators. The guy, like, worked in his underwear. He was kind of gross, but um, but yeah, every single dial and everything does exactly what it's supposed to do. It's crazy. On the real plane. Now, it's nuts. It's, it's, but
3: even with that being said, to have no flight experience whatsoever, real-world flight experience, the fact that he was just able to take off in this thing is astounding. Yeah. Stand by, because it's about to get crazier. <laughs> so Richard's joyriding, he, he's living his dream. He's always wanted to fly a plane, and he's seeing the sights and just loving his life. He don't really care about the repercussions at this point. But it's at this time, you know, the airport, uh, SeaTac, they don't really know what his intentions are. And uh, the military is notified. And two McDonnell Douglas F-15 Eagle Fighters are launched to kind of babysit Richard. You know, you want to get Froggy Buddy. They, they want him to know, you know, that they're there. Just in case he, he gets he gets the feeling a a little ballsy, they try to try they yeah. kind of try to edge him, push him a little bit towards the ocean. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you want to go over there? Where the you know,
0: <laughs> stay in between these two fighter jets? <laughs> and although
3: That's this is relatively unimportant. I just want to go into the McDonnell Douglas F-15 Eagle fighters because they are really amazing. They can go 1,875 miles an hour. Wow! They're equipped with advanced air-to-air missiles as well as M61 Vulcan 20-millimeter Gatlin guns, and those guns are also known as the fucking hand of God. Isn't that the one on
0: the front of the uh, the A-10? Yes. And when I, I, have you ever heard one of those fire in real life? Oh my gosh! Yeah, we we uh we have the a10s uh, stationed out here at the Air Force Base and if you go out to like the canyons when they're doing their stuff you can you just you see it you see everything coming out of the plane and then afterward you hear bra yes it's crazy exactly. it's a,
3: it's an it's an oh. amazing technology and for the listener that doesn't know what op is talking about, this gun, this Gatling gun, this twenty millimeter M61 Vulcan Gatling gun, fires at such a high rate that there isn't a distinguish between the gunshots. So a, a typical machine gun, right? You hear
0: ba 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 This yeah. is just a hum. It's <laughs> so, and it can actually start things on fire on the ground. The, 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 everything coming in is so, like molten. Yes. lead. And then know, every just...
3: couple every every couple rounds is also a tracer. So it's, uh-huh. it looks like a laser <laughs> beam. Oh, it's
0: just so beautiful. It's beautiful. It's really,
3: really impressive. impressive. I'm so fucking hard right now.
0: Yeah, YouTube this, listeners, in your earballs. <laughs> you, YouTube. A-10 Warthogs or I guess you could do the Doug, the F-15 Eagle Fighter as well although that name is a bit odd like what is an Eagle Fighter? What fights an Eagle?
3: Nothing that's American. Yeah. Exactly. Probably a I would imagine a, that was right. an Afghan airplane probably a crop duster. Yeah. Drops grenades out.
0: Yeah. Or sickle and hammer plane something like that. Yeah. Yeah, nothing beats an eagle. Maybe they fight for eagles. That's it. They represent eagles. They're fighting on the side of the eagles, the eagle fighters. That's what it is.
3: So at this point, air traffic control is trying to get in touch with a pilot because they're concerned. They know this guy has no experience Mm. whatsoever. And Richard overhears them talking, which is what we're getting ready to hear.
5: Right now he's just flying around,
3: and uh, he just needs some help controlling his aircraft. Very good. This is Richard's response when he hears that. Nah,
5: I mean, I don't need that much help. i played some video games before. Uh, I would like to figure out how to get this cabin out to. Like, I know where the box is. I would like to get some, uh, make it, make it pressurized or something. So I'm not so lightheaded.
0: How can you not love this dude? <laughs> like, the funny thing is like, he, th- if this were me, Knowing that these guys have like I don't know a couple thousand years worth of education on me, you know, with all their training and everything, I the word I'm sorry would come out of my mouth at least once. Yeah, but you know, there's no apology. He's just like nah, nah yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny.
3: Oh my gosh. Now it's important to note that 12 miles away, at Safeco Field in Seattle, Pearl Jam is playing a concert to 92,000 people. This is a little concerning.
0: Yeah, that is.
3: Do you remember what was that date? Uh, Shit. It's coming to...
0: uh, uh, 9... 9-11. 9-11. Yeah, Yeah. never forget
3: Uh, you did. This is kind of, I'd say in their mind, at SeaTac... They're concerned that Richard's plans are, I'm going to take this plane and crash this into these 92,000 people at the Pearl Jam concert, which is, you really have to hate a band a lot. You know? You
0: do. And
3: the I don't... Concert,
0: yeah. It, that's, a, that's a stadium, too, so that's just a bowl full of Pearl Jam. Yeah, put a plane right into
3: it. Now, we will find out later that Richard has absolutely zero intentions of hurting anybody. That's That's the last thing he wants to do. Um, but they don't know that. Yeah. They don't. And I think that Pearl Jam is kind of the 1990s version of Nickelback and I know we just lost a lot of listeners, but they're terrible. But but fortunately, fortunately a fitting song for all 92,000 people at that stadium because of Richard's intentions is, Hey,
0: Oh, oh I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's true. They
3: didn't even know it. That's such a terrible band. Their best song was Last Kiss, and it wasn't even an original song. It was a cover of a Wayne Cochran song. And uh, Wayne Cochran had really terrible hair. I don't don't know if you know Wayne Cochran.
0: No, and I don't. I'm proud. I don't know, proud? I I, I never really was into Earl Jam. I I did see Nirvana before they were famous.
3: Oh, God, I love Nirvana.
0: Yeah, I saw them in town. They played. Uh, they opened for a band called Shovel Jerk. <laughs> Ever heard of no. them? Yeah, no, no. nobody else has either. <laughs> they opened for Shovel Jerk. They opened for another band, too. Anyway, so now what we're gonna do is we're gonna go into a few. Uh,
3: we're we're just gonna let Richard have his 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 happy upbeat conversations. Uh, with air traffic control and and we're gonna listen we're gonna we're gonna listen in for for a uh, for a little bit
0: i'm so excited
3: for this there is the uh the runway just off your right side in about a mile do you see that that's the uh that's the uh, that's mccord uh, field
5: Oh, man, those guys will rough me up if I uh, tried landing there. I think I I think I might mess something up there, too. I wouldn't want to do that. Oh, uh, hopefully... Oh, they probably got anti-aircraft. No, they don't have any of that stuff. Uh, we,
3: we're just trying to find a place for you to land safely.
5: Yeah, not quite ready to bring it down just yet, but holy smokes, I gotta... I gotta stop looking at the fuel because it's going down quick.
3: So, McCourt is an Air Force base. You heard them trying to persuade Richard to land at McCourt. It's an Air Force base in, in Pierce County, Washington. Uh, just just for, I know it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter because he ended up not landing there, but that's what they were talking about. And that's why Richard was like, oh, those guys are going to rough me up. I'm not landing on a military installation.
2: <laughs> nah.
3: <laughs> so after this, um, Richard comes in with a pretty, <laughs> pretty hilarious question. And that's this. This is what he asks.
5: Hey, I want the coordinates of that orca with the, you know, the mama orca with the baby. I want to go see that guy.
3: Now, what he's referring to here, that this, this during this time while all this was going on, there was a an orca whale that was making national news. It was all over the news everywhere. I actually remember this uh, when uh, orca whale named it J thirty five, which is sounds like an inmate, but whatever, had given birth to a to a, a baby a baby orca whale and it it had died. It was dead and and this orca whale pushed this calf around on its nose for many days. And it was very sad because it seemed to be mourning, and it just couldn't it, it just couldn't let this let this let this baby well go and a baby well is still big that's a lot of weight to be pushing yeah. around for days the mother was emaciated she was losing weight it was exhausting her and she wasn't eating she was mourning and you know a baby well is still it's a it's still big that's like pushing uh, Ro- uh Rosie O'Donnell around the ocean for for many miles for days at a time imagine pushing be. Rosie O'Donnell around in the ocean for 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 days
0: that sounds exhausting heavy both it's exhausting. Also, she's such an acidic person now. She is. She's I the like worst. I like Rosie O'Donnell where. Yeah, I like the happy one where she launched koosh balls into her crowds and smiled and. Yeah, me too. Now she just doesn't seem as happy.
3: I liked the Harriet the Spy Rosie O'Donnell.
0: Yes. I don't know Harriet if you
3: remember that was. flick. That was a good one.
0: Oh yeah, loved I that
3: movie as a kid. So that's what, that's what Richard's talking about is J-35, the orca whale, pushing its dead baby around. It's making national news. Everybody was talking about it. Uh, air traffic control, being the bus kill that they are, refuses to give him the coordinates. And uh, upon hearing the refusal, this is what Richard says.
5: Damn it, Andrew. People's lives are at stake here. Now, Rich, don't say stuff like that. Nah, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to hear you one. I just want you to whisper
3: sweet nothings into my ear. Damn it, Andrew! People's lives are at stake here. <laughs> uh, obviously, he was kidding. As he clarified, there, I don't want to hurt anyone. I just want you to whisper sweet nothings into my ear. <laughs> Guys, <is> so crazy. <laughs> No, he, he takes this in stride. He just laughs it off. Whatever. He, I don't think he was actually expecting them to give him the coordinates. If they had, that would have been bananas. If they had, that would have been smart because it would have put him out over the ocean.
0: That's true. Also, I don't know that that's common knowledge for air traffic control. Like, they could probably, like, like In this situation, they could definitely get that information for him. Yeah, they could have gotten it, yes. But, yeah, it's not common. It's like... Okay, do we have our drink trays on there? Okay, our old, bo- old passengers boarded? All right, where is that orca right now? Out in the ocean that we're not near. Well, they also—I th- I believe they—I
3: could be wrong. I believe they had a tracker on it because it was such a big deal. They were watched. They were monitoring monitoring J thirty five so closely and mm-hmm. and w- tracking her every movement because they were worried she was going to die. And did you know that an yeah. orca whale, by the way, an orca whale hmm. isn't a whale. Did you know that? Uh, Yes, but no. What? It is a dolphin. It's a really big dolphin. no. What? Did you know that orca whales are also the like the they are the the apex predator of the sea. They 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 kill great white sharks on the reg because they hunt in wolf packs.
0: Yeah, orca actually translates to large bellied pot, I believe in Latin, which is a reference to the shape of the orca's body. They're yes, they're actually the largest member of the dolphin family. Fun, there's some fun
3: orca well knowledge for that round fat ass.
0: The Royal Canadian Mint actually produced three official bullion coins that were engraved with orcas on them for Canada. Um But uh, as attractive as they may be, they're proving to be quite negative to investor portfolios. Many people are buying them at really steep premium prices, but they're only worth the value of the precious metal content of the coin. No more. Yeah, so. Yes. Crazy. Just big, big uh, multicolored
3: dolphins. So at this point, Richard is currently over Mount Rainier, which is 77 miles from the SeaTac Airport. And uh, that's when air traffic control hits him with this. Okay, and, uh, and you can see all the terrain around you. Uh, you've got no issue with visibility or
5: anything? No, nah, everything's peachy, peachy clean. Just did a little circle around Rainier. It's beautiful. Um, I think I got some gas to go check out uh, the Olympics.
3: Now, Richard is talking about the Olympic Mountain Range, and that is in Washington, 64 miles from SeaTac Airport, and uh, that's when Richard, Richard starts heading that way. He wants to see the Olympics. He wants to see the Olympic Mountain Range. Not the Olympic, the contest where people, uh, they do, uh, they dance on the poles, and they uh, do, they jump over the pole, they take the pole, and they jump over the pole, and they they Hold on to the pole and flip around it And then they also um, Get on boards And they jump up and down on the boards And jump into the water elegantly Not that Olympics
0: When you win uh, in the Olympics Do you know what they give you that goes around your neck Just it looks like a big Giant Round Gold It looks like a
3: huh? Okay well this is a mountain range This is a mountain range The Olympics is a mountain range. So Richard is heading towards the Olympic mountain range. And when he gets there, he hits air traffic control with this.
5: Hey, is that pilot on? I want to know uh, what this weather is going to be like in the Olympics.
1: Well, If you can see the Olympics, the weather's good. I can see the Olympics through my window, and it looks
5: pretty good over there. All right, because I I hit some, it felt like turbulence around right near, but there's no clouds hardly. Oh, uh, that's just the uh, the wind blowing over all the bumpy surfaces there.
3: So as you can see, he's enjoying the mountains, loving how beautiful they are, and I, I think at this point, Richard is is done with his sightseeing. He he's done he he's done what he he's seen what he wanted to see. He's done what he wanted to do, except for, and this is when it starts getting sad. Except for except for one or two things, and it's at this point that Richard. Hits Eric traffic control with this kind of... I guess sad statement.
5: I think I'm going to land it like, uh in a safe same kind of manner. I think I'm, uh, I'm going to try to do a barrel roll. And if that goes good, I'll just go nose down and call the night. Well, Rich, before you do that... uh
1: Let's think about this. I got another uh, pilot coming up, Pilot Joel, here in just a minute or two,
2: I hope. And uh, we'll be able to give you some advice on what to do next.
3: Says he's going to go nose down, call it a knot, after he full- pulls off this barrel roll. Uh, and that's kind of letting them know what his intentions are. He, he has he has no intention on on leaving this safely. And it's at this point, Richard executes a perfect, perfect... Barrel roll in a Q four hundred passenger plane without any training whatsoever, finishing the maneuver. Being this would be an impressive maneuver with two trained pilots. Forty feet above the ocean, he pulls it up. So let's real quickly describe what a barrel roll is. So the bla- the <clears throat> the plane's going straight through the air, right? A barrel roll is essentially taking the wings and just spinning them completely around 360 degrees so imagine a screw right it's essentially and at one point the plane is completely upside down and going upside down and then spins on the way around but what Richard did is he threw some spice on this he did almost like a backflip in the barrel roll and this is on YouTube you can look it up They, they recorded him doing this it is so beautifully executed People on the ground were watching it. They thought it was an air show. This is somebody that had never flown a plane his entire life. So after Richard pulls off the barrel roll, he has this brief conversation with now Captain Bill. This is what they say.
1: All right, Richard, Captain Bill. congratulations. You uh, did that. Now let's uh, let's try to land that airplane safely and not hurt anybody on the ground.
5: All right. Now, damn it! I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't want to. I was kind of hoping
3: that was going to be it, you know? So, this is one of my favorite parts because of how nervous Captain Bill is. He's like, huh, okay, okay, Richie, you did that. You did, you did it. He has the same, like, attitude as, like, a student driver teacher that just, that the, the student just got in the car and, and did donuts in the parking lot of the school. Right? <laughs> so, moments before crashing... Richard's upbeat, you know, happy kind of positive demeanor uh, changes changes a little bit, and and this is when it starts getting sad. This story, the story doesn't have a happy ending. I don't, I don't need to spoil it for you. all. Oh. So okay. you know, as you've heard in the audio, as you've heard in the audio, Richard is is trying to like kind of keep it the the mood light, you know, kind of fun, and uh, we kind of get. Uh, well, let's go into a little bit of the the mindset uh that, that that's going through what's going through richard's head right now and maybe a, a, a little bit of a hint at, at maybe why he did this
5: sorry uh, my mic came off i threw up a little bit uh you know i uh oh uh, shoot man i'm sorry about this i hope this doesn't ruin your day but um yeah i wouldn't know how to land it i wasn't really planning on landing it uh, minimum wage, we'll, we'll uh, chalk it up to that. Maybe that'll uh, grease the gears a little bit with the higher up. I got a lot of people that care about me and uh, it's gonna disappoint them since the year that I did this. Um, I would like to apologize to each and every one of them. Um, just a broken guy. Got a few screws loose, I guess. Never really knew it <laughs> until now. Just kind of lightheaded, dizzy. Um, man, and you know, the sights went by so fast, too. I was thinking, like, I'm gonna have this moment of serenity, you know, be able to all in all the sights. Uh, there's a lot of pretty stuff, but uh, I think they're prettier in a different context. I wouldn't mind just shooting the shit with you guys, but it's
3: all business, you know? So as you heard, um, he says, you know, I wouldn't mind just kind of shooting the shit with you guys, but it's all business, you know? Like, yeah, Richard, you know, you did steal a $32 million aircraft. <laughs> so they're not happy. No. You're happy. Nobody else is happy right now. But I love the guy, and this is that's when he says, you know, just kinda of lightheaded and dizzy, man. You know, the sights went by so fast. I was thinking like I'm gonna have this moment of serenity, take in all the sights. There's a lot of pretty stuff, but they're prettier in a different context. This I don't know why, but this breaks my heart. This like uh, this little bit of audio. Yeah, he's
0: very eloquent uh, for being in the position that he is, having had just done a barrel roll and all that. He's you know very coherent. It is after this. That Richard crashes on Keytron Island
3: and Southern Puget Sound in Washington State, forty miles southwest of SeaTac Airport, where he had taken off. Uh, he chose a a wooded island, uh, a place that he knew he wouldn't hurt anyone else but himself. And he crashes in the woods. He chooses the woods where he knows nobody's going to be, and uh, and ends everything, kills himself, commits suicide. It's a like I said. It's a wooded area. It's two hundred twenty-one acres total. It's an it's a it's an island. And he went out in a in a blaze of glory, probably the most elaborate and beautiful suicide ever. Ten out of ten suicide. That's quite a swan dive. Quite a swan dive. It's really sad. So it's it is. I just wanted to drink up. This guy wouldn't have a beer with me. He'd have a sprite, but I'd drink a beer while he drank
0: a sprite. Yeah. I drink a drinker up here with them
3: because of this stunt it's all over the internet he earns the nickname sky king on the internet that's kind of what he got tagged in tagged with in reddit forums and facebook and twitter he became the sky king this this folk legend hero with no training stole the plane did amazing maneuvers and 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 maintained a cool head the entire time you would think that this uh, this whole endeavor would have an impact on SeaTac Airport. Maybe they'd make some changes. They have since made zero changes <laughs> to to everything. It didn't change anything at all. Wow. <laughs> and the uh, FBI eventually rolled it a non-terrorist event because Richard had no desire whatsoever to hurt anybody or invoke fear in anyone, which is kind of the motivating factors uh, in terrorism. is to invoke fear for political or religious gain. Hmm. None of that was here. He just wanted to kill himself, and I think he wanted he had a bucket list to kind of tick off before he did so.
0: That's so sad.
3: It is. It's very sad. It's very sad, and and on that, that's all I've got on Richard Russell. But I do have one more kind of little fun thing up my sleeve. I'll, yeah. I just realized we're talking about all of these crazy tricks and things that Richard's pulling off here, and it would be easy. I've actually got a buddy here, and he himself – is a helicopter pilot in the Army. We've been friends for over a decade. He he comes from a family, actually, of... His father was also a pilot. So he's a pilot. His father was a pilot. And I feel like his insight would kind of be valuable here. You want me to bring him on?
0: Yeah. Is he available? He is. He's right here. Hey, Joe. Hey, Kent. What the heck? Where did he come from? This is, um, what are you guys, wizards there? Been
4: here the whole time. What the... Every episode? Every time, yeah, yeah, I just, I just stand behind camp. <laughs> That's crazy. So,
3: <laughs> Richard is is flying around. He's doing barrel rolls. He's he's upside down at one point. He's knocking apples off kids' heads. He's he's jumping out. He's flying way up in the sky and jumping out of the plane and then chasing it down to the ground and getting back into the cockpit and flying back off before it crashes. Uh, all kinds of crazy stuff like that. The last couple things there I made up, but he is doing barrel rolls and he is flying upside down for a period of time. Joe, how crazy! I just want you to. How crazy is that? Well, I mean, so like <laughs> this guy did simulators, right? Yes, yes, he was he was practicing on simulators, video games. He he mentions that a couple times in the audio.
4: Yes. Yeah, see, and like I, I, I don't I don't know as far as like all the research goes, right? But he, he <clears> did. <throat> he says, yeah, I played a couple of video games or whatever he says. I don't know if he means like actual simulators, right? If he means actual simulators, then there is a little bit that he could sort of gain from an actual simulator, right? Cuz they're very realistic, aren't they? They are like if if you were to do I think like I think there's like DCS and there, there's a couple of other simulators, but if you do wild stuff in those simulators, th- the wings will like actually fall off the aircraft. Right? And so like we we've all seen like air shows and we've seen sort of, you know, movies and, uh, we all see like the military style aircraft and all that stuff and they're all doing barrel rolls and these crazy maneuvers and stuff like that. That is not how airplanes generally are, are built. They're not really built to do like a passenger plane is not built to do like a full loop. Right. Um, literally the wings will fall off. Like th- they'll just crumble, won't they? I'm relieved to know that because you know I don't want them doing that. Yeah, it's like going on a it's going on it's like going on a rally course in like a school bus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that. A school bus isn't designed for that. And really, this guy, the equivalent of what this guy did, is honestly like being like being 12 years old and like playing a sweet monster truck game on your super nintendo or something and then going to a Mm. monster truck rally sneaking into a monster truck starting it driving it out there doing donuts in it and then doing one of those crazy backflip things that they do off of the cars (laughs) like that's what this guy did there's there's a lot of pilots out there that literally have flown their entire lives and never done a barrel roll never been inverted you know, Jeez. now do you think it's because it's scary, or because
3: they don't have the not they don't have the skills to do so? Because do you think do you th- what I'm saying is do you think that with Richard he had kind of an edge because he didn't really give a fuck
4: if he went down or not? That's exactly he was he was hoping wow. that the wings would shear off. So, so I can think. I ask
0: a question really quick? So Joe, can you can you tell us? <clears throat> Um, sometimes on the show like we'll talk about like gun calibers and it's you know we'll talk about different like what's the range when we're talking about the the airplane that that he was in can you give us a perspective on like what where that sits as far as like in the size of play in complexity to
4: yeah so so I so that was a Bombardier was it a dash 8 right and I think a Q yeah a Q, I, don't, I don't I think it's a Q400 dash 8 and I think the dash eight just indicates sort of the the um, almost like the model year of it. Like the dash eight was the ah. uh, one of the newer ones, right? But essentially, what this is is like it's a it's a regional airline, a regional airliner, right? So it's 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 okay. not for you know flying from uh, you know Atlanta to Denver. It's for flying you know from your larger airports to smaller regional airports that are within you know maybe a couple hundred miles. Um, it's from not like going to that to Atlanta to like okay
3: Livingston Kentucky like yeah. where you've got a land behind a barn
4: yeah like somewhere that I've never fucking okay. heard of right yeah
0: yeah yeah,
3: yeah.
4: but it's
0: but st- it- <laughs> well, still a significant plane I mean we're not talking Cessna or even like little Learjet
4: no 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 it's a, it is an, it is absolutely a substantial plane it's because it's a it's a turboprop right so it's uh the fuselage is underslung underneath of the wings right and it's a turboprop and it's a beefy plane and it can, you know, it can move pretty fast, but it's also, it it is a commercial airline plane. Uh, It's not for any kind of aerobatics and I think honestly the thing that so for one, I think Ken is absolutely right. I think he didn't care and he didn't mind if the wings, if the wings came off of it, right? If he did some of those you know, sims, which I think mm-hmm. he had to have, because just to start this aircraft up, yeah, you couldn't walk into that aircraft and figure out how to start it up. Um,
0: yeah, it's not like my grandma's phone, which has one button to call. Some, it's not like there's a you know, the Alexa right. thumb button. Like
4: rare, rare, rare.
0: I don't think <laughs> I could even start up a Tesla. So I don't, yeah,
4: <laughs> it, so so like starting this plane, like there's checklist like literally guys go to school. Or you know they're in the military or whatever it may be, but they train for several months on a particular type of aircraft, right? And that's all the procedures to you know get it up on the APU, the auxiliary power unit, right? So uh, basically the, a smaller sort of engine that helps the other two engines start and start supplying you know electronics and hydraulics to the the aircraft before the main engines sort of start. So getting the APU up. Right. And then getting both engines started without burning them up. And then being able to taxi from the ramp to the taxiway to the runway is something that I mean that's a pretty substantial Just that. You know. Just getting it to drive down the road. (laughs) Just getting it to drive down the road without, you know, running it into I mean you could've he could have like put one of the wheels off the runway into the mud. And, and been done just been sunk in but he didn't right he like what did he do Kent what was the, what was the breakdown on that he Ugh. grabbed a, a little tractor right he grabbed a tugger he grabbed a tugger and he
3: and backed it out pulled it to the end of the tarmac backed it up he, he, he got off the tugger went into the cockpit started the engines up pulled it around to where he would have to do a 90 degree turn to get onto the, the runway and then pulled it out, pulled Jeez. a ninety degree turn, and yeah. then took off down the runway. And
4: I, and I think that there was some audio of a, another pilot talking to tower. And yes. that that other pilot said uh, hey, he's, he cut he cut him said, off. Yeah. What did he say? He said, "Hey, who's this guy on the active? He's 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 taking off, and his wheels are smoking, <laughs> or something like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was just Bebo. That's just old Bebo, right?" But old yeah. Bebo must have forgot to take the parking brake off because his wheel shouldn't be smoking while he's uh, while he's taking off. Uh, it's it's surprising to me that if if he had his if he had the parking brake on or whatever, his wheel shouldn't have been smoking when he was taking off. So the fact that they were and he still got off the ground is pretty it's, amazing. It's just the whole that, that he got in the air is
0: is so amazing. So so Joe, just for everyone that's listening, tell us. <clears throat> So what do you fly?
4: I fly Apache. So okay, that's a that's a really okay. You know, that's a distinction that needs to be made. I f- I fly helicopters. Okay. Helicopters are much less intuitive than airplanes.
0: Now, is an Apache is that an anti-torque system? An an anti-torque? <laughs> Sorry, I googled some helicopter terms while we were talking to see whether or not I could sound like I was fitting in, but I don't. Okay. So okay. Is it an anti-torque? Yeah. System, does it use collective pitch control and cyclic pitch control? Yeah,
4: yeah, that, yeah. yeah. It does most helicopters do that? Yeah,
0: yeah, and that's those would be yeah. Basically, the Dash eights, right? That's right. Where we're, and the yeah. difference
4: between the Dash eight and the uh, anti-torque system mm-hmm. is that um, the Dash eight has wings. Okay,
0: yeah. and that's a significant difference, I would say, between that and and the it the, the, those 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 aeronautical machines that are named after Indians.
4: Right, the ones yeah. that are named after Indians generally don't have wings. Okay, yeah, and require peyote. I knew <laughs> that
0: they, we were connecting some dots here. That I don't think the regular lay public knows about air air aer, well, aeronautical you know, vehicles. Uh, I
4: mean, that is. That's ingenuity, and that's what that's what this is all about. Yeah, that's what.
0: Well, and, that, and that's why we that's why Kent brought you on because you you bring a level of ballast. Is there a ballast on a airplane um, or helicopter? No. Okay, <laughs> I, I guess they're, they don't they don't have to float, yeah. so that yeah. makes sense. You don't fly the the uh, the Apaches that have pontoons, then I would. N- No, no. No, I don't. So yeah, well, we tried. Hey, thanks for coming. (laughs) Hey, I got one more question. So is (laughs)
3: is what (laughs) is what is what Richard did, Bebo, is what Bebo did, would that be equivalent to like because this is a passenger plane and he's doing basically F eighteen tricks, right? This is equivalent to like getting in a in a Dodge caravan and and doing dukes a hazard shit, right? Like ah oh, it looks like the, like <laughs> jumping ramps and and turning it over on two wheels like they do
4: in Saudi Arabia on the interstates there.
3: Yeah, you know, yeah with their
4: range rovers. Drifting. And their yeah, and, yeah. and their little yeah. their little uh dress is like caught in the door. They close the door on it, yeah. so like the the back yeah. end and of the dress yeah. is. And in those instances in the-
3: it usually ends up on like Augurish or rotten.com but, uh, or something yeah. like that. Um, yeah, exactly. um, no, so
4: it absolutely <laughs> So, him doing this with this particular plane, and granted, like, it's incredible what he did, but the fact that he was able to pull it off and didn't rip the wings off, I think it's one of those things they over engineer these aircraft for one. For two, he didn't have any passengers or baggage. And I think when he started going crazy and doing all those maneuvers, he was a little bit lower on fuel, so he wasn't as heavy. And I think one of the other reasons that he was able to do it is because he understood. He was like, hey, you know, because mm. I think at one point he was like, hey, what, uh, what sort of altitude do I need to be at for a barrel roll or something? And he was like, 5,000 feet sound pretty good. And, and, ah, fuck it. <laughs> and then he just did it. It was like Captain Jim <laughs> or something that was like, uh, that was like, yeah, hey, Bebo, how about we just don't do that? And uh, off to your left, you'll see a runway or whatever. You know, they were trying to just <laughs> distract him which they did an awful job. You can job just at. hear in the voice of that
3: captain, you can hear sweat beads
4: just Because dude, he's there's no, there's nothing he can do. They didn't uh, I don't want to say they did an awful job. They did what they could. As far as like air traffic controllers dealing with a you know, an emergency, they did all they knew how to do, but I, I don't think at that point that they knew they were dealing with a suicidal person. I think that they thought they were dealing with a joyrider. Which is which is much much different, right? If they if they knew that the guy was, yeah, you know, had the intentions that he had, Joy I rainer. think their tone would have been a little bit different. It would have been less about, hey, there's an airport to your left you can land at, or there's one over to your right, or maybe turn around and and you know do this. I think it would have gone sort of from what they're trained to do as air traffic controllers to uh, I don't know, maybe they would have gotten like a a shrink up there or something. I was going to ask you about whether or not so
0: uh you know where was I? I was just reading something so we were talking about just like the operating manuals for this business and and we were talking about uh like kind of the the small small print stuff i do you think that in is there a manual somewhere in a in the control tower that's like in the event that your pilot becomes suicidal Here's what happens. And then and then, part two of that question is, if they had known that he was suicidal, is that like scramble the F-16s kind of scenario? Well, they already had or... those.
4: Uh, I think they had f fifteen scrambled on them for the entire duration, right? Yeah. So... Well, the reason
3: they had the uh, the F-16s was because there was a Pearl Jam. Or not a Pearl. Uh, yeah, it was Pearl Jam. Was it Pearl Jam? Eddie Vedder? Is he from Pearl Jam? I don't, I don't have a clue. Yeah. Okay. So there was a Pearl yeah. Jam concert going on just a few miles away. So they were worried that his his plans were terrorist in nature.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. So they were already clued into that. They they were they scrambled some. Yeah. And they
3: had established a no pass zone. Uh, however many you know whatever the distance was from that concert, they were like, hey, if at any point he passes this no
0: go line, you
3: are to shoot yeah. him
0: down. So another question I have for you, Joe, and I I know I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe digging here. So, so like nine, when nine 11 happened, we know that, that some of those people that had hijackers that they had practiced in flight sims. Right. And then, uh, around the same time, this is not connect. This isn't public knowledge, but I, I used to rent apartments to people at that time. And I don't, not a lot of people know that, um, And uh, one of the guys that rented an apartment for me actually designed flight simulator user interfaces. Um, So I did a lot of talking with him, but I never got around to asking him what what safety precautions are built into flight simulators so that, like, uh, does the software ever call home and say, hey, this guy's uh, using this simulator to maybe drive it into a building. I'm wondering, are there safety precautions? (laughs) Like, how does somebody just sit there that long and learn how to fly a plane and it doesn't, like, you know, call... Notify the FBI? Yeah. Like, if I start going and Googling, you know, fertilizer, blah, 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 oh, this equals a bomb, FBI probably knows about it, but I could be in a flight simulator for a year and practice and, you know, I'll matrix
4: myself right into the sky. Some of these... People that do flight simulators have the most advanced. I mean, there are there are hobbyists that do flight simulators because they just truly enjoy you know the the aspect of flying, and they do every. I mean, I, I I'm pretty sure that there's flight simulators like particular games that have dedicated air traffic control, like in game. So they've created, like, an entire different world where air traffic control is separate from... It's separate from real air traffic control, but it almost sounds like real... Okay. Sort of real-life air traffic control. And in these giant Like, so the flight simulator sort of community uh-huh. is... It is a very particular and very specific uh-huh. type of person, right? Um, anyone that will go out and... You know, they'll they'll buy a sixty or a hundred dollar game and then they'll buy a hundred and fifty dollar power lever, a two hundred and fifty dollar yoke, a hundred and fifty dollar set of pedals, they'll buy, you know, the the sort of the dash, right, for their their flight sim. Like those people are diehard. And those people will they will sit down after dinner. Yeah. They'll kiss their wife or their husband, or whatever, and both sit down after dinner. They will input a flight plan into some kind of system. I, I don't know. I don't know who sees their flight plan, but they'll input a flight plan. They will start off at Atlanta, or LaGuardia, or some you know international airport, and they will fly a six or a five and a half hour flight to LAX, making every radio call, deconflicting airspace, doing, you know, doing the very specific approaches into, you know, hitting all of the waypoints that a normal pilot would fly. There are some people that are so into flight simulators, the Jeez. only thing that they are missing is an airplane. And they could absolutely they could do it. They could they could get on the APU, they could probably do a pre-flight, they could taxi the right taxiways, they could make the right radio calls uh, with, you wow. know, Uh, the right agencies they could get in the air and you would never know the difference there is probably people in the united states that are so into flight sims that if they if you put them in a cockpit you would not know the difference between them and an actual pilot flying. so uh
0: i love i love judging people so i'm trying to in my mind i kind of see these people as like if tom cruise if Tom Cruise and a ham radio operator had a baby, that's what you would have in the basement with, you know, four or five thousand dollars worth of tactile interface and they're learning how to do this. Um and then the I jump immediately to thinking about like the all the people that apply for to work at police departments that never make it because they've got all the tactical, but they don't have the The right personality, attitude—you know what I mean. So, so there's some there's some demographical information about that person that's missing. Why they're never going to fly an actual plane? Would you would you say that there's there there's a personality type that they do this, but they probably would never succeed as a real. Is that is, is that mean? Did I just really hurt hurt a bunch of people's feelings? Well,
4: I, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not like a big flight sim guy, but I think that there could be an aspect of like the it could be the medical, uh-huh. like if if you can't pass uh, a flight physical, an FAA flight physical, then you you can't you can't. Oh, be I pilot. Yeah.
0: I was going for something a lot more less politically correct, but you, I like your answer better.
4: Yeah. Well, the only reason that I say that is. Because you know the the politically correct thing is like, oof, you know yeah. what I mean? If we start looking at that stuff, then nobody's going to be nobody. Flying. Yeah, I,
0: you're right. And I'm judging a lot of people. I I immediately think, oh, you fl- do a flight simulator eight hours an evening in your
4: basement. You smell like oh. beef stew. Oh no, those people—they're—they're they're absolutely psycho. Okay. Without right, a we're doubt, we're on the same page. Okay, cool. No, they're absolutely psychos. Okay, but I think the only reason that they have, you know, I, I'm just trying to give them an out here. Yeah, probably a Goku <laughs> poster. Oh, without a doubt. Wall. I, here's the. I I think I think that there's got. I think there's a lot of correlations between trains. Ah, you know, like train, like people that that, that set up train yeah. stuff. Oh, I was. I, I went a different way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um and then honestly like like coin collectors are another sort of it's, in that <laughs> weird in in sort of that that demographic of just like yeah, complete not nutca- like psychos, you know?
0: Yeah. Hey, you know it's great thanks for coming. Um <laughs> <laughs> No, I hear what you're saying. There's definitely a, a type, right?
4: You know. I think one of the funniest things about this looking at it from sort of a perspective of, I have a reasonable sort of idea as to what's going on in the airspace. But one of the, one of the, one of the funniest things about this is that you have to think, uh, SeaTac right, um, Seattle, Tacoma airport. That's a big airport, right? Tons of people flying in there is there's probably a plane arriving there every, you know, 10 minutes. That's busy. And it, yeah, it, I mean, it's probably super busy, and, and I don't know the actual, you know, breakdown of, of the timeline. But one of the funniest things that I thought is, like, you have Seattle-Tacoma Tower, right? And then you probably have the Seattle Approach, right? So you have Approach, which is kind of the big, hey, all these guys that are within X amount of miles are on Approach. And then when they come in, if they're going to Seattle-Tacoma, then they, they, they frequency change them to SeaTac Tower, uh, or they frequency change them to, you know, maybe a smaller regional airport that's around the area, whatever it is. But one of the funniest things to me is that you have aircraft that are coming into the airspace and they get a frequency change from whatever agency they were up with before and they freak change over to this. Right? They, they freak change to like, you know, Q the. the the wacky radio radio transmission. Yeah, like, and they they, they tune in, so they change their frequency, and they hear something like, yeah, uh, you know, I think I'm going to try like a loop-de-loop or something, and then uh, maybe just nose it down and call it a night.
3: There's something so
4: beautiful about
3: that. Yeah, I don't. You know, just if I pull that off, we'll just we'll just crash and burn this motherfucker, and
4: yeah, that'll be it. What I love about him, though, is that he didn't cuss one time. No, no, not once. Because he was he was a he was he was a a, um a pretty devout Christian, right? He was devout Christian. Yeah, he was a he was a you know mission missionary and stuff like that. Yeah.
0: Well, I was gonna say. So, so what do all the planes? I'm guessing. the tower tells everybody else, "Hey, get into a holding pattern, or watch out for this airspace." I mean, because how fast th- those planes—you know, even on approach, what are they doing—three, four hundred miles an hour, five hundred miles an hour? Yeah, easy. yeah. So, I mean, that plane could show up in a heartbeat in front right. of them, and this guy's—I'm ge- well, I guess he's on sims, so he knows how to maintain a flight pattern, but I'm guessing he's when he's doing a loop, loop, he doesn't know exactly, you know. So they just get into a flight pattern and like a holding pattern.
4: They they'll put they put them at holding and they deconflict them as far as like altitude goes. So that you probably have you know somewhere around a thousand people just just <laughs> burning circles around the greater Seattle area. Just they're just trying to keep them out of the way of this this psycho that that hijacked. So from a the sky,
3: it would just look like like way up in the sky. It would look like sharks circling like a just a a nut. I, like just
0: the most, I suppose the most expensive sky riding yeah. ever. Just one big one. O. Big o. Oh <laughs> shit! Oh. Yeah, I, that's that's dangerous. You put that many planes up there, and you put them in a holding pattern like that for a long time. If those planes ran out of gas, they can never land. They,
4: yeah, once you run out of gas, you literally you're up there for you're up there forever. Yeah, I never weird. thought about that. That's true. Yeah. I know it's it is science. science. I mean, you got to use gas to get up. You got to use gas to get down? down.
0: I'm not sure. The gravity. Well, it's a it's a. Well, I believe it has to go back to that cyclic uh, yeah. resistance. Yeah, sli- further the,
4: studies are needed. Yeah, for th- absolutely yeah. Dash the eight. dash eight the, is yeah dash eight. Um, but it's I just I don't know, man. I think it's I think it's hilarious that like you're flying across country, and you know you, maybe you've been a pilot for 20 years, dude. Who am I thinking of? it's like it's some kind of uh because the guy kind of sounds like on, on the recording he's like yeah i, I don't know man um, I, I i think i'm just gonna i don't know crash into the water or something uh, like bobcat
3: dude I, he reminds straight. me of paul rudd in uh forgetting sarah
4: marshall
1: that's <sighs> it
3: that's who, that's who he remi-
4: <laughs> i don't know if he reminds me of a muppet is there is there a muppet that sounds like that Oh
0: yeah, the the rock and roll guy, the the one that, uh, yeah,
4: yeah, man. I think I'm just gonna give. A, I think I'm just gonna try a barrel roll and then uh, I don't know.
3: Or when I try to get him yeah. to, to yes. land on the, at that military base, he's like, ah, oh, no, dude, they'll rough me up, bro. Yeah. Uh,
4: I'm no, I'm pretty sure those guys will rough me up pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> there's a guitarist.
0: There's there's a like a, a shred head muppet named floyd pepper
4: and i think he yeah
0: he talks exactly like you're talking
4: well then that there it is it's floyd pepper there we go floyd pepper steals a plane we've we've, we've full circled yeah well joe (laughs) i want to say thank you for joining us here and
3: uh you can go back to standing behind me where you've always been and where you will continue to be until we have more aviation questions and it might be the next episode it might be in season five Six, seven, seventeen years from now.
4: Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> we should have had him oh, on for the
2: yeah. Tansler episode.
0: Tansler was like, living. How the a hell plane. was that thing with square yeah. wheels going to get off the ground?
4: Well, <clears throat> yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'll just I'll hang out just, back here, man. Okay. Yeah, I, You're just back in the shadows.
0: That was so weird. But now I know you're there. Actually, I'm more comforted now knowing that you're back there, knowing that someone with your sheer level of intelligence is supporting Kent in his basement. No. Joe, have well, you ever heard of a guy named Lex, Lex Friedman. Friedman? He's this wicked smart robotics wizard. Anyway, you remind me of him. Like you, He's on Joe Rogan a lot. I can tell you're very smart and... Yeah, he's on Joe Rogan a lot. Um, you're very, you're very smart and you're you're quick, and I I appreciate Kent bringing you on. There are very few of us like you two. like us out there. So,
3: uh, and by yeah. that I mean like you, Thank
0: Joe. oh uh, th-
4: thanks, Op. <laughs> thanks, Kent. I'm not. You're welcome. I love you. I just met you, but I love you. I I'm just gonna go stand back here. Okay. What about that, Op? What a great guy, All right?
3: The best. 11 years. What a great UFO. guy. That guy. I was in his wedding. Wow. He sounds a lot well, older than 11. They they, they they, hit... Yeah, he is older than 11.
0: All right. Well, that was my buddy, my buddy Joe. I think you... Pretty great guy. I really like Joe. Joe's... Joe, uh... I think we should bring Joe on... Uh, from time to time, as a subject matter expert on whatever we choose him to be a subject matter expert on, because if you fly Apaches, you know everything. Probably,
3: yes, I can promise you'll hear more from
0: Joe in the future.
3: I'm so excited about that. And with that, that is it. Uh, that is it. Uh, that is it on Richard Bebo Russell. Um, it's been a fun episode. It's 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 very upbeat, happy, fun episode until the very end there when we lose our folk hero, our folk legend here.
0: It was so Seattle of him to go that way.
3: And on that, I want to remind everyone the the, the donation button for Jason Vukovich, the Alaskan Avenger, serving twenty three years for roughing up a few pedophiles, uh, is is in the is in the the description below. You can click on that. You can donate to his commissary, to his music player, all of that. And we're gonna do this until. Uh, Jason is free, whether that be tomorrow or 23 years from now. As long as there is a TCK, we're going to support Jason Vukovic. Aside from that, don't forget to go to Facebook, Twitter, blah, 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 blah. All the bullshit, bullshit, bullshit that you've heard on every fucking podcast that you've ever listened to since episode one, since podcasts were a thing. Like, rate, review, shit, 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 shit. shit.
0: And on that, I'm ready to log out on. All right. This was a crazy ride. Thanks, Thanks for bringing me along for this one. We, we had some real ups and some real downs. Well, you were here. I was. So thank you for being here. Experience. Thank you. Hugs. What? What?